0: morning project presents and welcome back generic video game podcast listeners perk your ears and get ready to experience the first gvgp recording of 2016 it is now time for episode 14 as you are once again joined by myself anthony as well as my evergreen state-of-the-art trailblazing forward-thinking badge catcher champion Super Tuesday, loving co-host Molly
1: Evergreen makes me sound old. I don't know, like that. I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but like, I just feel like that makes me sound very, very old.
2: Hmm.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I'll well, think about that
1: one for a while. So I have a question. I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, I know this is a video game podcast. Yes. But can we talk about Playboy today?
0: Uh, pff, uh, pff. <laughs> uh, absolutely.
1: Okay. Because we, we – uh, for anybody who doesn't know, the new generation of Playboy came out and we both picked up the issue in different <laughs> ways. But
0: yeah.
1: well, yeah. I have some interesting uh, opinions of
0: – Well, the, I can – yours will probably be a lot more um, insightful – uh, mean, I mean, I other,
1: could, other than yours being like, I love boobs. Is that your entire <laughs> opinion on the issue? But.
0: <laughs> I can actually sum it up, r- realistically. The modernized, non-nude Playboy, uh, the publication itself is of a rather high quality in terms of paper stock and a modernized layout. But in short, it seems like a direct competitor to the now revamped Maxim.
1: And to be fair, I've, I do not read Maxim at all. I have no idea what Maxim currently is or isn't. Um, but I, as somebody who works in print and who works print magazines and who knows these struggles print is, is having, like I know P- Playboy had to do something. Um, I, I'm not convinced that this is the solution. And I'm kind of curious if this is going to be like a New Coke situation where they do this for a while and then everybody's like we want the old playboy back and then it goes back to the nudity and that maybe causes a bump for a while but i guess i don't <clears throat> i mean like okay so i i don't like i'm not a playboy like buyer typically you know i like everybody know that you can just go on the internet and get copious amounts of naked people if that's what you really want but i,
0: I have something to stay on say on that but okay. finish your point
1: um, but no, so like I was really curious Because I wanted to see what they did with this And I I had seen the cover And I absolutely love the cover And I know some people who don't like it And I can understand why But it seemed to me Like an interesting styled choice That maybe would go throughout The entire publication um, But I think If we're talking about completely shallow opinions Is that if I feel like this magazine no longer knows what it wants to be, even more so than before. You know, before you'd have the the division of I get to see boobs and I get to read articles. And you could, to some degree, argue why those two went together. But it now feels like this really, this, this, Magazine about written content that, for some very bizarre reason, has half-naked girls every now and then in it, (laughs) and I feel like there's a disconnect there. And but to to be fair, though, I've not gotten much into the reading of it yet. Um, but I guess like my, and I'm curious to like what you think in a second here. But I guess the the thing that I kind of ended coming came away with it from or came away from it with was, I think they either need to feature more girls in every issue or they need to get deeper in the pictorials um, of the girls they do feature. Like, the cover model, and I'm going to always forget her name, so unless you remember it offhand... I know
0: I know her Instagram name, which is very unflattering.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Sarah McDaniel.
0: Yeah, her, her Instagram, for those wondering, is... Crotchy with a K.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I saw that cover and I'm like, oh my god, she is like gorgeous. Like I am curious to see what this pictorial is gonna be. You know. Um. And you get in there and, like, this isn't again. Let me because this is not a. I'm not seeing her. Her crotchy. You know or not. <laughs> it is a. Are are these, like, attractive pictures of this girl? You know, like like. Do I feel like I'm getting kind of a a. I guess I mean, it's a bad way to say it, like, a good look at this uh, this model and, you know, and kind of a nice, you know, photo pictorial for her, for her. And I was very disappointed by the kind of the internal photos. And instead, again, not because not being nudity, because I think you can absolutely do it without it. I think just, like, I was not happy with the level of photography, at least on an impression level. And then um, I think D Hemingway was the other model in this issue she is the centerfold and i thought her photos were better but it was again like why why that's my my big question now is why and So i'm curious if you can answer so i'm asking you anthony why
0: i don't know if i have a direct answer for that before and before i lose this uh statement you know that old t-shirt that says you know i read it for the articles that's that now rings more true than ever yes uh but yeah you know i don't i don't know i think this is how i would have pictured it so when they showed that girl um what's her name again
1: uh sarah mcdaniel okay so
0: sarah so i actually thought it was kind of smart i'm like you know what they got it Someone from Instagram, that's kind of a modern way of thinking, you know, kind of out of nowhere, utilizing social networking, maybe taking her, putting her on a platform and maybe maybe catapulting her or, you know, finding talent in new, uh, you know, non-traditional ways. But and with that being said, you know, you could have done a lot of cool things like with an Instagram type themed layout or different high quality shots. And it doesn't it it doesn't have to obviously have any nudity at all. As is you know, that's their new end game here, but they could have done some tasteful like artistic or fashion type shots, you know what I mean yeah, uh, but I you know, I don't have the magazine in front of me because i I didn't know this was even gonna come up on the show tonight, but yeah, I don't know from what I remember, I remember the shots being kind of up close, like kind of um hazy and not really distinct or clear and and not even. I mean, you can just go on her Instagram and see some higher quality grade A shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I don't have a straight answer. I don't know if it was a certain direction or a certain look that the photographer was going for that we just don't understand. Um, well, and then as, yep.
1: So let me ask you this because I um, – and just to be clear for anybody listening to this, you know, like if you don't like this kind of stuff, that's cool. Like I'm, that's your, your thing. But <laughs> the fact that Playboy does exist – and there are people who, who purchase it that do want what it featured before. So that is the thing that exists. So we're talking about, like, is it satisfying a a consumer desire or not? So in what you were just saying, I guess, my, my feeling is if you're, you're going to ex- expect or want a certain level of satisfaction from what you're buying. And when you're buying Playboy, you're wanting to see... Hot women naked or almost naked right that like that is that is the desire of a lot of people who purchase playboy so once you take away that getting to see those people naked because i if i'm a if I'm previously buying Playboy and I see Sarah on the cover, I'm thinking awesome, I'm gonna be able to see her naked when i once I get inside the magazine right like that is the kind of payoff once you don't have that payoff, I think you have to have then more pick you know more photos more interesting pictorials things like that because it you have to i think work harder to get to the same level of just subconscious satisfaction that you reached previously having that nudity
0: yeah and, and here's the deal let's start with this as we know the the magazine industry is super duper tough right now like yes you and I, I would still consider like magazine aficionados or enthusiasts, you know, we still like to pick up magazines every now and then, obviously. As I've said before in the past, uh, gaming related, I still pick up Retro Gamer. I still take a look at EGM when it comes out. But back on topic with this, with the the whole Playboy thing, um, it's tough because one end of me kind of understands why they're going this route because of what you said earlier to the point of the internet having so much... Uh, nude content readily available but I need I think there needs to be an asterisk by that and for people listening who think we're dinosaurs and 100 years old while that may be true for people who maybe don't remember the heyday or or remember what quality is and I can actually relate this to the video game industry actually kind of the problem right now is is whereas you used to have a select few game magazines let's say let's round it off to 10 you had 10 magazines maybe back in the day. Not all of them were good. Some were great. Now you've got thousands of websites, right? You've got many sort many places. You've got coming from all over, from official press releases to GameSpot to IGN to Kotaku to what have you, Gizmodo. But much like the adult industry, whereas everyone has a voice and an outlet now, you are not getting as much quality content. And this is kind of a weird topic to maybe tackle on Generic Video Game Podcast. And I'll say this tastefully. But a lot of the stuff on the internet is just, it's trash. And part of that may be coming from me because I'm a little bit older now. I'm not, you know, 20 or 25. Um, it's, there's just a lot of garbage out there. and and I And I've said the same about the game industry. There's a lot of crappy sites, there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of fly-by-nights, and that's, getting back to the Playboy topic, that's the tough spot they're in. They're in a spot where, what Playboy offered in the past, more often than not, outside of, look, if we're looking at the modeling world, okay, which is controversial in and of itself, and everyone, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, if we're stereotyping or going by the masses, your top, your cream of the crop, your Victoria's Secret models. Now, does that mean I think all the Victoria's Secret models or every single one of them is my taste? Of course not. But when we're talking money and what they're getting paid, that's pretty much your your the highest echelon. And Playboy offers a different type of, of woman. But now it's like... They're not, they're not even offering that because of the internet and there's so much of that other content out there, but that other content that is ready, readily available, the majority of it is garbage. It's, it's trash. Like you know, it's, That's kind of my opinion. So they're in a rough spot. They're in an industry, a print industry that's dying. I hate to say that because I love print. Print industry is dying and now their identity or the model that they had before has now been switched up. And what it's been switched to may not be its, you know, its calling card. So, you know, but but the one point I do want to make on this is that for the younger generation or a lot of what you can find online, yeah, you know, in a way, hey, it's awesome. You, you know, one click on Google, you can find, you can literally find just about whatever you want. But I tell you, a lot of that stuff, I'd rather have unseen from my eyes.
1: And and I, you know, I want to be clear for anybody listening to this, like. The thing you need to understand is this isn't about Playboy, right? This is about, you know, because you were hitting on like the, the connections to the video game industry. This is about everything at this point in terms of like entertainment. Is, you know, the bigger picture is what do we do once things are becoming irrelevant and and how much the internet has changed things and how much that's going to disrupt not just Playboy, but all magazines, all books, all TV shows, movies, stuff like that. Um, but so, okay, so you've done know something that... So, if the argument was that previously the version of Playboy offered naked girls and you can just go on the internet to get naked girls, you yourself said that I can go on to Sarah's Instagram and get tons of of great pictures of her on there.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: So... The question is then, I think still, what is Playboy offering? Well, what I would have been ho- I can: ans- on the internet. What
0: I would have been hoping for with her would have been higher quality shots, maybe similar or akin to what's on her Instagram, but just different shots or maybe a much better photographer. That's what I would have realistically expected. So I wouldn't have expected the same sh- you know shots I could find on her Instagram, but I would have expected a different quality or different setup. Uh, in that respect, that's what, you know, ex- uh, which bring them back to the games again. So what do you do if you have a print magazine or something that maybe kind of coincides with the website, you want to have exclusive content. So they should have had exclusive content in that magazine and arguably someone could say, well, they did, but the exclusive content they had was lackluster.
1: You know what it is? Uh, Playboy is like the happy meal, right? When, when you were younger, you would go, and you get your Happy Meal, and the per- main purpose of getting the Happy Meal was to get the food. You know, you're having a meal, right? You're getting the the cheeseburger, chicken nuggets, and the french fries, which are now apple slices, and the soda. But there's also a toy with it, you know? And I remember one of the things I got as a kid were these little transforming McDonald's food things that they would transform from, like, a Big Mac into a robot, you know, or a french fries to a robot or whatever. And now you go and like get your happy meal and it's like a like a, a cardboard hand puppet or something you know <laughs> and so the satisfaction you're getting from that extra thing is not what it used to be and i kind of feel like that's what playboy is is like okay maybe maybe you were really buying it for the articles but the extra little prize in the happy meal was the the boobs right and now <laughs> you're still kind of getting boobs but not really getting boobs you know and it's so it's weird like i think playboy is a really weird situation and product especially now like like looking at this issue it's like what what is its position because if the argument is well now it can sell to like younger readers that first might be a weird thing to say and second like are they really going to appreciate 90% of what this magazine is, which is the writing?
0: Well, this is going to sound weird because obviously Playboy is kind of banking on its name, which has been around for over like 60 years. But I I hate to say it, with this whole new outlook, they should have done a name change because here's the thing. I think the average person that hears Playboy is still going to associate that with nudity. But... um, Um, The thing is, is I think to get it into more hands or the average person, you'd want to get that into more outlets besides maybe a select few bookstores like the few Barnes and Nobles or Powell's that still exist. So I think you need to get that into like the supermarkets and Walgreens and stuff that still carry stuff like Maxim. I think they should have changed the name of the publication as well.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know if I'd say that. I think just – I think – what I think of when I think of Playboy has always been like higher quality, you know. So I think that if you're going to have only two models in it and they're not going to be naked, then have two really fantastic pictorials, you know, with with more pages to them, dedicated to them two just really great photo shoots that when I look at this, I'm like, OK, this is really cool. And and they captured her in a lot of great ways. And these are like awesome pictures and stuff like that. Like it just, it it now feels to me like I said again this really weird situation where just all of a sudden I'm reading this magazine and randomly there are two half-dressed girls in there now. Well, you know, well, they, let me, I I think they if they feel more out of place now than they ever used to be.
0: L- let me ask you this as we start to wrap this topic up. So as you said it out loud, it got me thinking. The obvious. So you figure they want to get – they need more users. They need more subscriptions. They in more people's hands for advertising for the bottom line, the, the, the dollar. But do you see people of this generation or anyone – I mean can you picture someone today between the ages of 18 and let's say 26 legitimately going to the store or, and picking up a physical issue of this? Uh, I can't.
1: No, no. And I mean like I bought the first issue out of curiosity. You know, like just so like I bought the first issue of the new game, fan out of curiosity, because I was like, I wanted to see what it was going to be. Um, I would never, you know, get this as a, a regular basis. Mm. And it's possible that I could buy it for the articles. I could, you know, like I like that idea of Playboy having really strong written content. But again, then at that point, you know cuz like i i bought my copy my 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 print copy at the airport and even though i know what the magazine is now I felt a little weird like walking around the airport carrying this Playboy. With me. <laughs>
0: well, and that kind of goes back to I didn't mention this, but that goes back to another point in terms of the name change because right. I think people when they see that they're going to be like, "Oh my god, this this person is crass."
1: Right. So so you know like at, if if it is about the articles, then I I think maybe you just get rid of all the adultness in terms of Victorials anyway, but then at that point like You know, like, I I guess my – more so than before, I don't know what Playboy is a year from now. And I I think they're having an identity crisis. And I agree that – I agree with the idea that they have to try something. Because I think at this point, like, they couldn't just stay doing what they were doing before. So I'm not blaming them for trying something different. I'm just saying – I have no faith that what they're trying now is going to work at all. Like I said, that's not just about Playboy. It's not just about like adult magazines. It's about like everything in this industry, you know. Um, I've been arguing this about game magazines for like at least 10 years now. Um, Probably more than that. Like when I was back at Game Fan, the original version, I was arguing the fact that we were doing too much of the same old, same old stuff and that, As the internet was slowly getting bigger, like we were becoming less relevant, right? We had to diversify more. You know, and that was a long time ago. We're talking almost
0: two decades ago.
1: Yeah, now because I was at the point where we did a lot of news in the in the magazine, and I'm like, you know, you can do some level of news, like stuff that will stick around a little bit longer. But even that, like, you can't rely on too heavily because it's going to become older and older the more you know the internet grows. And so, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm I I don't know what this magazine does from here i'm curious i mean like you know i might i might get the next issue just out of curiosity
0: well i'll give you a suggestion if you decide doing that there's a subscription card in there 15 bucks for the whole year so i mean if you're gonna buy one or two more issues there's the whole year right there
1: i think i threw it away is the only problem but i'm sure i can find it there's some way to do it
0: yeah so that's Um. but um
1: I, yeah, you know, 15, like, because I paid, what, eight bucks for this one issue? Yeah,
0: so, I mean, two issues, you'd you make it back right there. Uh, I'm selling you on it.
1: But it's weird because, I mean, like, I would literally be describing to Playboy just out of curiosity. <laughs> like, just because I want to see, like, what happens next.
0: Yeah. Well, well as controversial as this topic may be, it's nowhere near as controversial as um the... I don't even know what it's called, the Coleco Chameleon Vision, whatever the hell that thing is, that monstrosity. But before we get off on that rant, not to be rude, uh, as we start the first generic video game podcast of 2016... How how is that
1: real? How is it the first one?
0: It is, and not only that, but it is. That's shameful for us then. What's that?
1: That, That's very shameful for us.
0: It is. It's a disgrace. Our last recording session was... December 27th, but it did upload technically in January 2016, but for you and I, it's it's been over 60 days since we've sat down, so it's a pleasure to be sitting down with you once again for GVGP on radio.morningproject.com, and before I continue, um, I want to give a shout out and a plug to another good friend of mine and a close friend of the show, so I'm going to get some bills and plugs out of the way. And we're going to talk a little bit about Double Plus Good Games, uh, a title they published, Onion Force. And a little bit of background for those that don't know. I originally came from the Double Plus Good Games podcast from 2010 to 2000 mid-2014, which was all spearheaded and done behind the scenes by Mr. Neil Bauer, president of Bauer Graphics. So... Enough of the chit chat on the background. I'm gonna hop right to it, and let's see here. Just give me, bear with me one moment.
1: As and the the problem is like now that he needs me to fill in, I had my mic muted so I could eat chips. So that was like <laughs> I was not prepared to do my I, job
0: here. I I hope the srir- uh the sriracha chips were worth it. So. So uh, check this out. This is also found on Sutra, where the press release went out globally two days ago. And here we go. So Canadian game developer Queen Bee Games is excited to announce that their first action-adventure game, Onion Force, is now available for purchase on Steam Marketplace and Amazon Digital Game Store. Working with the publishing team at Double Plus Good Games, Onion Force has been featured on Touch Arcade, Touch Gameplay, The Game Hunter, and has been lauded for its Disney-esque art style and action-packed gameplay. Onion Force is an action-adventure tower-defense hybrid in which the player has to use cunning and strategy to strengthen a team chosen from a diverse cast of characters that include a bowman, a warrior, and a wizard that work together to try and save the last king from his impending doom. Onion Force is a single-player experience that covers 30 levels of mayhem throughout the game. Players have to make intelligent choices, collect thousands of pieces of equipment, and build towers that will be the most effective for the threat at hand. Onion Force takes place on multiple terrain types that contain inclement weather conditions, destructible environments, and multiple enemy types. Develop your own play style across three difficulty modes and try a multitude of approaches in completing each level. In Onion Force... There are a thousand ways to win and just as many ways to lose as well if you're not careful. So check this out. Drawing inspirations from classics such as Dragon Warrior, Crystallis, and Final Fantasy, but also some more unexpected influences including Diablo, Dynasty Warriors, and Angry Birds. Onion Force aims to be a memorable experience that will make players think and leave them thinking afterwards. A puzzling future awaits. And as we wrap up this press release a little bit more here, game features, standout cartoon graphics and stellar special effects and animation, three playable heroes, each with their own unique abilities, six fully fleshed out locations with 30 expansive levels, thousands of pieces of equipment to collect and equip, eight different tower types with five different power levels each, collectible onions to trade for a wide variety of power-ups, and adjustable game speed. The music for Onion Force has been created by internet music legend. I'm going to get this wrong, so (laughs) forgive me. OxygenFad, established in 96, this Canadian-born experimental electronic music sensation brings a devilish collection of compositions that help comprise a ridiculously hardcore electro soundtrack for Onion Force. So, uh, and in closing here... Uh, friends, and colleagues, a little bit about Double Plus Good Games. Double Plus Good Games is a publishing and marketing group dedicated to celebrating the best games, the best developers, and the greatest experiences this industry has to offer. Double Plus Good Games works tirelessly to help independent video game developers publish successful titles and connect them to our network of business relationships that include Amazon, Valve, Unity, Microsoft, Intel, and much more. Please visit the official website at doubleplusgoodgames.com and I haven't said that one in a while.
1: You know, like the the feeling that, that fans have whenever they keep asking me when a new episode of Warning the Huge podcast is coming. That's how I feel about asking you whenever a new episode of <laughs> Double Plus Good Games is coming. <laughs> I know, well, how, I know how my fans feel.
0: Well, you know, I could put you in the hot seat on the spot. You know, the last time you brought that up to me was somewhere around spring of 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting.
0: And Neil and I did quietly put up an episode. We did an E3 show.
1: No, you didn't.
0: Yeah, we did. Maybe he didn't put it up on the... Maybe he didn't put it up Shut to up. iTunes. Shut up. All right. I w- okay. Now, here's the deal. Let, not to not to downplay my work, and uh, it's not that I'm not proud of my work. I'm very proud of what I was able to do and accomplish with Double Plus Good Games, and I still do some minor stuff with them behind the scenes. Once again, give this gentleman another plug, Neil Bauer, BauerGraphics.com. He's the one that did all the work behind the scenes. I was more of a mouthpiece. Um, we did do a show June of 2015, it was probably a good 60 to 90 minutes. I'm assuming it was uploaded. I don't know if it's still out there. Uh, it wasn't my best work. So, you know, it was It was very casual. We were watching, I believe, the Sony press conference. But technically, since you brought it up last time, we did do oh. a show.
1: Okay, you know, okay. E3 2015, you are right. There's an episode. There's a few after that, but then they're all... Oh, confused. that's probably...
0: Yeah, I'm assuming that's, uh, that's more with... Um, Mike Moody, and more on the uh, sports end of things. And recently they did some stuff with yeah, the, recently, with football, the yeah. recently hospitalized and just getting out Dada 5000, who was on uh, Bellator a few weeks ago against Street Fighter Kimbo Slice. It was the co-main event on Bellator. Uh, street Fighters come to pro fighting the in the, not the octagon, but uh, I think it's uh, six-sided in Bellator, but nonetheless, uh, it was. And they, keep, a, they, keep,
1: they keep cheating by throwing hadokens and stuff. It
0: was a freak show. I mean, I'm an I'm an MMA expert of sorts, following that sport very closely. But that freak show was to get eyeballs on the product, and that it did. The uh, Bellator was the highest rated Bellator in some time, scoring a 2.3 on the Nielsen's on a Friday night.
1: Well, I have downloaded your episode. I will listen to it later. I'm very excited.
0: I don't even know how it is. I'm probably, I probably even probably want to know how it is. It's I bad. didn't
1: even know that existed. So
0: Yeah, it was that good. But what is good is Onion Force, and you do want to check that out. A professional uh, piece of work, unlike that last Double Plus Good Games podcast from summer 2015. But uh, please check out Onion Force. Please check out Biographics. Give it a shot. Uh, I watched some videos before I went live tonight. And lastly on that topic... We have a couple codes to give away, so I've got at least two free Onion Force uh, codes for Steam. I'm going to hand those over to Molly because she's much more popular than I am, and it's going to reach a much, much broader audience, so when the recording is done tonight, I will pass those over to Molly, and she'll do a little bit of giveaway or however she wants to handle it, uh, at Molly Pen on Twitter, that's M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. And once I, again I,
1: I will reach four people instead of your two people
0: yes <laughs> no, uh, you're being modest. you have well over 2100 followers. I've got about a quarter of that not that I'm counting and don't forget our other friends here at the morning project uh, radio.morningproject.com not only can you find older episodes of uh, the generic video game podcast you can find everything from the nichiest podcast ever. To 10 Minutes of Molly, which she was to be doing every week.
1: Thank you for reminding me (laughs) about what I failed at that. Yes, thank you.
0: Uh, You can find a few classic generic video game podcast DLC packs free of charge. Get those before there's a price tag attached to those before our Flash sale is over. And last, but certainly not least at all, check out classic Hall of Fame episodes. Of warning a huge podcast. And uh. to that I am met with silence.
1: No, just my my quiet sigh.
0: Yes. Still alive in many a gamer's hearts.
1: You know, I was thinking like I was thinking I should ask Nick to do a podcast about furries.
0: <laughs> well, look. Let like, me I
1: mean, like, I don't understand that whole thing. So I was like, I should like, have a podcast with him. I'm converting, I'm
0: converting a little bit. I'm converting a little bit. I'm converting a little bit. Because I do have on my agenda in the near future, atop my list, is Zootopia.
1: Ah, see, I, I zero percent interest in that. Oh, that's not very nice. Yeah, it's Nothing. honestly,
0: all jokes aside, I can't believe the reviews it's getting. Like as if yesterday, and I I didn't check today, so I'm sure this is yesterday's news, as they say. But that thing was getting ready to to break a record on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, like with a perfect one hundred. Wow. Uh, but I don't know. So
1: what's the um? What's the? Because okay, I got the further thing I can get into. What's the monster Wonder Boy? Monster Boy is that what it is?
0: Yes. That's, the that's, that's,
1: it's it's now coming to PS4 and maybe yes. Theater? Um, i talking about games and some, you know.
0: Yeah, I've got oh, there's a whole multitude of stuff to discuss all over the place since we last recorded, or a little over two months ago, and that covers a lot of ground. Uh, let me PS4. go back. PS4, so. Let me see here. One moment.
1: No Vita, and I'd heard, I'd read somewhere that they actually got they got the rights to use like actual Wonder boy characters in the game
0: well yeah because the gentleman and you you'll know his name uh from Westone, he's involved to an extent
1: oh really okay
0: yeah and I'm what I'm doing right now is I'm buying time as I jibber jabber and I'm trying to bring up the link that I retweeted so actually let's uh we'll go over this right now this is via the blog.us.playstation.com I'm just gonna okay I'll read this this won't take too long So from one great game to another. So now we're going to be discussing a little bit of Monster Boy. Launching on PlayStation 4 this year. Once again, give a shout out to the PlayStation blog. This is not my writing. This is posted by Thomas Kern earlier today. The producer at FDG Entertainment. We're celebrating 2016. Uh, It marks the 30th anniversary of the beloved Wonder Boy series. Which started with a simple but solid arcade game developed by Escape. Later known as Westone. Or, arguably, as some may call, West One. The last game in the series was Monster World 4. Side note, a favorite of Molly uh, from 1994, and it went silent for more than 20 years. Have you heard of it? The Return of a Legend. We're so excited to say we've been able to team up with the series creator Ryuichi Nishizawa, a former Westone employee, and revive it with their new game monster boy which launches on ps4 this year as a fan of the classic games and the metroidvania genre it felt unreal to be able to work on a new game that brings back the spirit of the series in every way possible we loved wonder boy 3 the dragon's trap for its transformation feature so we look at it as the biggest inspiration. Monster Boy continues the colorful, side-scrolling adventure to tradition with a character who can transform into different animal forms. Oh, my, I didn't. Here we go back on that furry thing. Fursonas. To, yeah. To uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just derailed me. Could you imagine the next Persona P6 uh, with oh, furries? Oh no,
1: trust me, that's been out there for a long time. That that joke. Yes, but the fursonas... Uh, to solve yeah. puzzles
0: and proceed <laughs> to solve puzzles and proceed in a connected open game world, more than a spiritual successor, with the help of Ryuichi Nishizawa and LAT Corporation licensing, we've gained access to the whole library of characters, graphics assets, sounds, and music from the entire Wonder Boy se- series. Excuse me. While we're creating a new experience uh, targeting 1080p at 60 frames with high-res 2D visuals. We're happily bringing back our favorite monsters, music tracks, and features of the classic games. We're working hard to deliver a game that you will be able to fully enjoy as a fan of the series, but also if you've never heard of it. Oh my God, Kushiro Motoi Sakuraba Michiru Yamane. When we started on the game production two years ago, we would have never believed we would be able to work with uh, many personal childhood music heroes from Japan. We contacted them anyway, and to th- their surprise, they joined the team. Actually, that's kind of amazing. I haven't read that yet. The music production is led by Yuzo Kishiro himself, who is most famous for his music in Streets of Rage, Act Razor Shinobi, and The Ease. Furthermore, we worked with Motoi Sakuraba, Michiru Yamane, Keiki Kobayashi, Takeshi Yanagawa, and singer Haruka Shimotsuki. We believe music is so important for a great experience. There are a lot of original tracks in Monster Boy, but we also rearranged the most famous tracks with the classic series. But last but not least... Music tracks get their finishing touches by a real instrument recording session. It's so cool. We can't wait to share Monster Boy with you. They plan to finish the game uh, second quarter of this year. Please stay tuned for an exact release later in 2016. Will you celebrate with us? Bah, bah, bah.
1: I will. So, you know, um, I do have to say, Mike, real quick, that PlayStation Blog is such a fantastic idea. Like, this was a genius thing for Sony to do. Um. Because it's it's a great way for fans to learn about games, but you're also getting like the developers themselves, you know, involved in talking about right. the games. Right.
0: Like it's fir- this, it's this, firsthand this, hand this, information. Yeah, it's uh, going to be accurate. Uh, it's yeah, it's not just the you know it's just the stuff on the back of the box, so to speak. You're going to get some good tidbits thrown your way.
1: It's a really, yeah. really cheap thing that you can do. That has just been a fantastic marketing tool for people to know like what games are coming out, and and like like small games get just like this game right here. Like if you look, like this game gets just as much prominence as like a Street Fighter or right. No Man's Sky or whatever.
0: Right. What? Um, no, I will admit, I'm looking at it, and it looks. It has a very nice look. It's something that I'm. I'm definitely going to pick this up. Definitely going to download it. Uh, what do you what do you think of the visuals? Are you pleased with what they've? I mean, look, it's going to be 1080p. It's going to, you know, you're almost forced into having that that clean, smooth, modernized look.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, but, I have no problem with like the way this game looks. I think though, it's just it really is tough because it's it's just it's been so tough to like have 2D games like this that just. That that don't look completely overproduced in the art department. You yeah, know? that's
0: a that's a very good term, overproduced. I like that because it's tough for people. Or I speak for myself, the uh, veterans of you know classic of classic sprite work of yesteryear. It's so tough to kind of go from that um, imperfect yet stylized and satisfying look to this perfect smooth. Yeah, it's like lacking a bit of character and charm because yeah. of it sometimes. Because, I mean,
1: like, yeah, I think, like, with with sprites and low resolutions, like, you had less, so you had to do more with less. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem now is, like, this game doesn't have bad graphics, but even just looking at it... Like you want to kind of say, "Oh, this looks like an iPhone game." Yeah, you you
0: got it. I always think I hate to say this, like or or
1: or like or like it looks like a flash game. Yeah,
0: flash or like a kitty game. And here's the thing: this is going to be a friendly game for all ages. But like, you know what I mean? This looks like something that, like a kid. Well, I shouldn't say this, but in general, like with that style, like someone like some kid at daycare, you flip a kid some iPad, and you see them playing around with those games that I've never seen in my life before. You know, right? And, it, it, you know, it could kind of fall into that, that mold.
1: So I think, like, I know people give a lot of crap to indie devs when they do, like, the 8-bit and 16-bit graphics. But part of me is, like, you know, I kind of understand. Because if I was making a game like this, like, I would said, again, I don't think this game looks bad. But I will admit it would be hard for me to make a game that looks like this and kind of be happy with it. Because... It does have like you were saying like this, this like it just it's too clean and too perfect.
0: Now, this is gonna be a segue into something else that I, I want to talk about. Now, as we're kind of nitpicking, slicing and dicing, you know, yesterday's sprite work versus what we've got today. What if I told you that you'd be able to play pixel perfect, one to one ratio, Super Nintendo Classics? On your new 3DS?
1: I would tell you I do not care. I hate this so much. Oh my god, I hate this so much. There's just like oh Oh my god, I hate this so much. <laughs> no. Why is it Super Nintendo? Why Whoa. why is it not Game Boy Advance? No, wait, no, hold
0: on. Okay, so now we got a conversation so going the whole Why on. am
1: I playing why am I playing Game Boy Advance on my Wii U? Not not my <coughs> Wii because I don't own a Wii U. Why am I playing Game Boy Advance on my Wii U and Super Nintendo on my 3DS? Okay,
0: let let me meet you halfway. Let me meet meet you Mm -hmm. halfway. It is a disgrace that the Game Boy Advance games are only on Wii U right now. Let's get that out of the way, excluding the Ambassador 10. So let's get that on the table. That that is a no-no. I've been complaining about that for years now. Now, with that out of the way... Now, if you said, and this is taking the Wii U and throwing it in the garbage, so it's not a part of the conversation anymore. If you said first, would you rather have SNES titles or Game Boy Advance titles out the gate on my 3DS? I would say Super NES because there's so many classics. I love the Super NES work. But here's the issue, and I'm going to steal a term that a a fan of the show in my area listens to, and he put it in a perfect way. He said something to the effect that Nintendo can't make any announcement these days Without pissing people off. And the reason that came up, and this is true, is because they're finally offering something cool on the, on the, the virtual console on the eShop for 3DS, except the asterisk this time is that it's only for new 3DS owners.
1: That's not the only asterisk though. Like, let's be. Let's be well, there. and there's a
0: okay. I can. I'll give you another one before because I one. that
1: that's, that's the I'll, biggest one. That obviously. is a big one. Yes. Now,
0: I will say, if I'm playing Mister Mister Business over here, the argument that could be made is because of the processing power necess- necessary to actually run that in true proper emulation. That's what's causing the issue. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a genius. I'm not a dev. I can't sit here and tell you how true that is. I mean, in my mind. You know the 3ds is a pretty powerful little handheld for what it is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like really you can't run perfect SNES on there. But that I'm not educated enough on that. Well, to make but that I, I will.
1: I will <clears throat> say the 3D classics.
0: <clears throat> well,
1: look at what M2 is doing on oh. <laughs> the <Arnold> 3ds. Well, <laughs> look at what they what, look at what they can do on that system, and then okay. yeah, tell me you okay. can't do Super Nintendo.
0: Whoa. Um, but the other asterisk, I would say, this is probably this. This is almost like we're playing Family Feud now. What are the top, the top five yeah. asterisks here? For sure. Let's okay. Do that. Uh, so number one is uh, number one is new 3ds only. Here's number two. People who have purchased those titles mm-hmm. already on the Wii U, do you get at least a discount or a cross buy? No. So, uh, so do you do you want a Wii? Original Wii or Wii U? Oh, original Wii. Never did, still don't.
1: Okay, do you own a Wii U?
0: I'm going to give you two... I do, but I think I know where you're headed. But I have to say this. Even though I've never owned a Wii, I do own a good chunk of titles via the uh, download store on Wii on my Wii U as well as Wii U downloads.
1: Okay. Because li- literally at this point, yes, y- you, could, you could be in a position of... Let's say Super Mario World, Super Metroid, you know, Yoshi's Island, whatever you want to say. Like, this could be, just like in the last handful of years, the third time you're having to purchase this same old game.
0: And I'm guilty of some of it. You are absolutely right. So instead of it no, being a... I, I have
1: I have River City Ransom on my 3DS for some ungodly reason... When I also bought that on the Wii, when I still own the actual cartridge,
0: now I can already hear the the Nintendo loyalist, the fanboy at home, screaming at their uh, computer right now as they listen to their podcast and at their smartphone. But they're going, "Hold on a second! If you have the game on Wii and then you purchased it on Wii U, you did get a discount, which sliced the price like sixty to eighty percent." So That's I will a
1: discount, but,
0: yeah, I know. I, i'm with you but here's the thing uh, so you know what i was thinking realistically i'm like you know what maybe for people who purchase this on wii u maybe instead of eight bucks they'll be two or three bucks a piece but that's He's not like, the case that's not the case either
1: nintendo to me is like at like snk level now and that's <laughs> not a good thing for them it's just like you know where it's uh, like oh we bought these old games let's just keep making you buy them over and over and over again on different platforms. And right. it's the same thing over and over. You know, like, as much as I am mad at Sony for what they're doing with the PS2 games on PS4, like, that just drives me crazy. that That's the road they take. At least if you do buy those games, you are getting some advantages. You are getting some updates. You are getting trophies. You are getting you know better visuals you are getting benefits to purchasing them again on the ps4 even though i think that should not be the way they're doing it i i want to just still have my ps2 games i have on my ps3 but at least you are getting something and i just like like okay are these going to be in 3d you know like if 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 sega's stuff didn't exist what? that would be one thing right but like sega just Destroyed the idea of bringing back classics so much with their Sega 3D Classics line right. that telling me now you're going to give me Super Nintendo games at like one to one pixels I don't care.
0: Well, and I will say this: I am guilty. Uh, but I did pick up a couple of them last night. Do you have Be- Do you have a
1: new 3DS?
0: Yeah, I got one. I got the Monster Hunter okay. Four One uh, last February.
1: I just probably face on it. Then yeah,
0: yeah. So. Uh... I did download a couple SNES classics last night to do my uh, prep work and homework for the show because I'm so dedicated to the generic video game podcast. Uh, using that as my excuse to buy Super Mario World yet again, as well as F Zero. So and this is uh,
1: where Anthony sends me his reimbursement forms to, <laughs> to get paid back for that. So, it's okay, so know, how was how, how the experience? Yeah, it's
0: good. I like it. You know, I like playing. The problem I have is these games should have been on the 3DS. Couple years ago, like this is what, like, and getting back to your Game Boy Advance point, it's like, come on, all these great GBA classics that have been hitting Wii U, like, why? It's I, like, why? Uh, why? But before we continue on that, I actually had a link saved to remind listeners this was originally announced back in January, on January 21st. The SEGA 3D Classics Collection coming Mm. to the Americas on April 26th. So this will actually be... So first off, this was shocking in a way. Yes. Uh, Once again, all fans were not satisfied. Let's get this out of the way because it does not contain all of the classics from the Japanese Collection Pack 1 and 2 combined. Uh, This is slightly modified, but starting off with the positive news... Two exclusives for us, at least, that will be on here in terms of Mm. the United States getting it will be Puyo Puyo 2 and Power Drift.
1: I am, I am like over the moon because I love both those games. Like, I I was a huge fan of of Power Drift in arcades, and then, um, you know, of course, uh, Puyo Puyo 2 came out here as Mr. Dr. Robotic's Mean Bean Machine. I didn't know that, yes, and that was what got me into puyo puyo and i've always loved puyo so i yeah i think this is going to be a fantastic collection
0: also contains uh maze walker fantasy zone 2 the tears of opa opa fantasy zone 2 w sonic the hedgehog thunderblade galaxy force 2 which i might add uh, has aged very gracefully for a title that dates That's back to a fantastic to like, version of it yeah, yeah from like 88 <laughs> altered beast uh, which is a classic, but I don't think has aged. That's, um, that's
1: far and away the worst title in this collection. Yeah,
0: I hate to say it because I remember playing Altered Beast a lot, as many others I think back in 1989. But I, that you know, it's
1: yeah, well, but, like Altered Beast is is a really terrible like like decision for this collection. Um, and to be fair, like I don't remember offhand what the Japanese collection is, so I don't I don't know that this is you were just mentioning it, but I don't know how close it makes the Japanese version. But like if I was making an American version of this, I think I would have ditched Altered Beast and Thunderblade. And I would have so, I would have put in like Streets of Rage and maybe like Outrun? Or, I'm gonna
0: or, see, yeah, and I, I have to say now that I'm actually reading so here's the deal. I went out and reserved it. here's the deal. I own just about all the Sega classics already downloaded right now. Okay. What I didn't realize, so all I saw in this was Power Drift, and I went and reserved it. That, yep. that's the, that, I mean, that's what that comes down to. Yeah. But now that I'm actually taking a close look as to what's on the cart, yeah, I am a little surprised. Don't forget, because they've released Gunstar Heroes. They've done Shinobi 3, Streets <sighs> yeah. of Rage 1, yeah. Streets of Rage 2. So now the Thunder Blade is the only one I'll argue a little bit only for purists out there, for... The hardcore because I downloaded that and I remember playing that a lot on the Genesis and wanting to break my controller in half. And I think the only reason I probably owned that game at the time was probably because it was twenty bucks, so I played it a lot. But I have to say, even though the game is still tough as nails, uh, the the visuals were like strikingly different from what I remember on Genesis. Obviously, because of the scaling and certain uh vantage points so that um that was a surprise but like i said that's for the hardcore but back to what you're saying yeah i mean you've got a good point what have i had that taken up one of the slots you know maybe not but i would have left thunderblade on there first before altered beast
1: i guess i mean i just i just think like when you think about classics like i don't know how people consider thunderblade to be a classic at this point um i mean i would some, say after
0: um, uh, here's the deal for this pack probably put afterburner 2
1: list uh you can do afterburn like i said streets of rage 2 where's the full list of sega 3d classics um can i just have like the full no okay so are these okay so afterburner 2 altered beast echo the dolphin fantasy zone fantasy zone 2 the two other fantasy zones um gunster heroes i mean gunster is like an understand not putting on there because that's like a really niche kind of thing like (laughs) outrun i think outrun absolutely could have been on there yeah uh Shinobi 3 absolutely could have been on there. Space Harrier. I, I think Space Harrier has more relevance to to Americans currently than the Thunder Blade does. Um, Street of Rage 2, absolutely. you know. But, I mean, it's like it's – I'm not going to, you know, uh, say bad things about this collection overall because I think it's going to be still a great collection. Right. It's just – I, I guess my, my, my opinion is because I think this is, is going to be the only collection we get physically like we're not going to get a part two of these so I think if you're only doing part one I think you do like the absolute best right. titles you have right but like I, said, I don't care I don't care because the thing is I'm getting Power Drift I'm getting Puyo Puyo I'm getting the other stuff like cause I actually owned Maze Hunter 3D um, so or Maze Walker 3D I guess it uh, was Maze Hunter wasn't it Maze Hunter back in the day
0: um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. Ver- Let's see. It says originally designed for the Sega Scope 3D glasses on the Master System. Maze Walker comes to life on the 3DS, faithfully reproducing the yeah, sense it was of maze depth. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, twisting maze. the fu- name? Yeah, mm-hmm. originally released as Maze Hunter okay. for the Master System in the West.
1: Yeah, so it was originally Maze Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So I mean, like the the, the extras that I get on this collection, like, are more than enough for me. So I don't. I don't care. But I think for, for Joe Average, who just, like, wants to play classic Sega games, I don't think this is the strongest list lineup they could have had. But I, it's not the worst. So,
0: um, I'm just trying to tie in. You said things and we like— should,
1: we, should say, we should say really quick, and I'm going to have to look up the guy's name. Um, oh, yeah. Sad news. I don't know it offhand. Sad but- news. One of the, oh, I know. It's one of the main uh, programmers at the Japanese studio M2, who was responsible for these 3D classics. They've done um, other releases for Sega, like the Sega Classics line on the PS2. They've done other games for other stuff. Um, one of the the main programmers, like supposedly one of the really high level talented programmers there, recently died, and I don't have his name. But you know, for anybody. Who loves classic games? You know, uh, anybody who oh, yeah. appreciates and companies that um, really put their heart and soul into bringing back these classic games. Uh, you know that this is a, a huge loss to us. In, in well, it's
0: game. a miracle. It's a miracle what the him and his team were able to do on the 3DS. After we're just getting done with the conversation on. Uh, you know the Super NES classics coming in pixel perfect, and these guys are emulating entire classic arcade boards uh, on in the palm of one's hand.
1: Yeah, no, they 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 have done things that like shouldn't be possible. And if you actually go and look at um, the interviews they've done of what it's taken to get some of these games on the 3DS, like they have put their you know heart, soul, and blood and sweat into getting these games back and and doing them as perfectly as they've done them.
0: And what I'm doing right now, as we're buying a little bit of time, I think our astute listeners know that we're kind of buying some time here. Uh, Speaking of classics, as I'm going down my Twitter feed, Double Dragon 2 came out uh, recently on PS4. Speaking of pixel-perfect
1: versions... Have you looked through the entire list of like those arcade archives that have come out for ps4 yes because there's some like crazy stuff i mean because i've picked up a few i got um and i got matt mania and i got terra Cresta, but there's like so okay so i got to say two real quick uh, um another unfortunate death is michelle burks who played cat uh, cat from um jammer lammy
0: Oh, that, that was terrible. Yeah, a lot of... Yes. Cra- it, uh, oh, there was one God. that hit my heart recently, too, but we'll save that for a moment. But back on what we were just talking about... Yes,
1: yes. So the mm-hmm. Arcade Classics, there's like so many games. That well,
0: Akira, Akira Saito.
1: Akira Saito. Okay, yes, thank you.
0: For, yes, yes, thank you. Yes. The reason I didn't get that sooner, by the way, is because Twitter was acting like an absolute piece of SHIT here while we were buying time. But yeah.
1: But yeah, so, so, um, so the Arcade Archives and... It's from, I think, Hamster is yeah. the developer. And they purchased the rights to, was it Nichibutsu? They purchased their stuff. Yeah,
0: that sounds right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they've got like a lot of games under their belt now. But like if you go to, oh my God. And of course, I, can't I probably
0: own games. most of them because I got at least seven or eight of them on my PS4.
1: See, like I hadn't realized until the other day, like, Cause I saw Double Dragon Two came out, and I'm like, wait, the mm-hmm. did, did Double Dragon original?
0: Yeah, Double Dragon.
1: I couldn't remember.
0: I've got Double Dragon, Double Dragon Two, Exciting Hour Pro Wrestling, Rygar, Gradius, uh, su- the arcade version of Super Dodgeball. Uh, yeah, uh, like that.
1: That's one of the things I really have to get. Yeah. Like, there's like that. So, another the other game that came out with Double Dragon 2 was Twin B, was the arcade version of B. I
0: saw that I didn't do that one.
1: Yeah, so we just got that. We have like the Ziggy version of, of Gradius and Karate Champ and City Connection, uh, Bomb Jack, which of course was a prequel to Mighty Bomb Jack, Moon Cresta, the original Goemon, um, Solomon's Key, Scramble, Rygar, Renegade, Legend of Kage. There's just, like, so many. Still yeah, I did,
0: I did Renegade as well. I was tempted to do Legend of Kage, but I'm going to do a quick shout-out for those who didn't pick it up back in the day. I don't know if you can still find this on the original DS, Legend of Kage 2, I remember picking up in a blowout bin, and I thought it was pretty darn good.
1: That's so good. Like I love that game so much. Like, yeah, if you... if I could sit here and do a podcast about DS all day long, um, but, <laughs> like, if you want to go and find a game... Like, if you're like, I want a DS game that maybe I haven't ever played before, and it's awesome, and I have totally missed. If you can find Legend of Kage 2, that game is just, I love it to death. Like, I absolutely love it to death. It's, it, it's such a, it's, like, I'm trying to think of the best thing to compare it to, but it's just, because the first one was a very, like, shallow kind of action game, but this was almost more of, like, Ninja Gaiden meets like Ninja Spirits on Turbo Graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Um what was the what was the Natsume NES game? The ninja ninja something or other, but meets kinda of like that.
0: You're i I think I'm way off. I was gonna say Kid Nikki, but I, I don't. No,
1: no, there was there was a <laughs> there was a all I can think of, of course, now is Scat. Like Natsume released a game called Scat. Back in the NES. Yeah, S-C-A-T. It's not SCAT. Yes, because Scat was the one <laughs> that was like the futuristic shooter, but it, it wasn't the Ninja one. Um, so Legend of Kage 2 is, is like 2099 on Amazon. Come no, it
0: wasn't Ninja. No, it wasn't on NES. I thought you were going to say Ninja Warriors, but no.
1: No, Ninja Warriors. It wasn't Ninja Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Ninja Warriors was, um, was it the, the home version that was actually really neat? I think oh, Ninja Warriors 2, I think. Was it Ninja Warriors two? Or Ninja Warriors again? Like there was a, well, a there was an SNES version. It was actually a really neat game.
0: Mm. But Ninja Warriors, just to make sure, we're on the same page is the triple monitor title. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that that because they did um, a week home
0: version on uh, PC Engine, and then I think there was an SNES version, but obviously nothing really captured the the uh, arcade version.
1: Okay, so. Okay, so. Yes. Okay, so first of all. Uh, Ninja Warriors the arcade version, the the three-monitor version, that is coming to the PS4, through that arcade oh, archive thing.
0: Oh, stop it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's one of the games they have listed.
0: Really? How, I had I, no I, idea.
1: I don't know if it's hitting Japan yet or not, but I, I know that it is listed as one of the ones that either has come to Japan already or Oof. it is coming. I, I did not see that. And then, okay, the Ninja Warriors, again, was the was the home version of Ninja Warriors, but it was not at all the same game. And that mm. was actually a really neat game. Mm. I think I had the Japanese version of that.
0: Like that legit?
1: Was- yeah. Wow. I think so.
0: Um, as I'm cycling through here, I'm just taking a look at what to tackle next. Um... How about we do a few things real quick? Just before we get into some other meteor topics, uh, I'm just gonna blast through some stuff. Uh, you have any interest in Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens coming out in June? Nope. Uh, Wii U sales past 12 million globally.
1: It's it's um it's dead it's dead it's dead this year yeah. right yeah I think like so it's too. it's dead this year I have to imagine.
0: What are your thoughts on Amazon providing their engine to devs called Lumberyard, the game engine that also has Twitch integration?
1: So I was thinking like I was thinking back like when you're talking about Onion Force, um what happened with Amazon's game console? Did that get anywhere? Like I mean, I know they're separate topics. Are you but talking
0: the their Apple T V thingy?
1: Yeah, that had like the controller, didn't it? The fire. The yeah, you know I, you controller. know, I
0: don't know because I'm assuming um, I'm assuming a lot of the stuff on there. I'm guessing it wouldn't it be like through the uh, Play Store or Google? But Store? I, like,
1: I felt like they were they were actually like having they were hiring like game dev like developers for like their own teams and stuff. Because it seemed like it seemed like Amazon wanted to get into gaming in a big way, and I feel like nothing ever happened from that.
0: No, you're right. And look, I mean. When I dabbled in doing stuff very loosely and distantly with them, at the time it was free to play games, F2P. Uh, then they put out that uh, Apple TV esque device or Roku style box. You know, they even made an attempt at a, f- a smartphone. With that all being said, and I'm not saying all of that stuff is dead in the water, it does seem that Lumber Yard kind of seems like yet another endeavor, but maybe one that might. Uh, have a bit more traction out the gate but you know it could be though
1: it could be lumberyard could be like the result of what their ambitions were like maybe this is like an internal engine that they had created to make their games i don't know yeah let
0: me i'll have to if we buy some time here i'll have to i watched like a three minute thing on ign a few weeks ago about it and then i talked a little bit to uh neil bauer getting his opinion on it but um but yeah, I don't have you. Have you heard anyone? You know, because you're a little bit more entrenched in the games industry than I am firsthand at EGM. Here comes a plug: EGMNow.com, <laughs> uh, where you can also find Molly's Street Fighter Five review, which we're going to get into a little bit later in this show. Uh-oh. You're going to get my thoughts on Street Fighter Five. Uh, don't worry, you're not going to have to download a DLC pack to get that content. And but only only
1: part of the reviews up currently. The rest have to wait for until June.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, uh you know, I was getting some insight and thoughts on that and with Amazon, you know, no disrespect to them because not only do we have a connection, uh, you know, um but you know, they they're they're certainly not unsuccessful. So they have deep no. pockets. So they have the ability to, uh, to make these decisions, do some trial and error, but yeah, I, there are certain avenues or aspects that they've dabbled in which I do feel they need to either you know, get the, get the rocket booster up there, so to speak, and, and get it going, but in all fairness to them at the same time, the industry changes very quickly. So, you know, sometimes there's certain things they could be trying to get off the ground that might take a little while, and by the time they cross that bridge, uh, you know, it's onto something else. So, you know, that's th- which kind of relates back to other aspects of the industry where it's very dangerous. You really got to take a look at the market and see what may be hot down the road, not just what's hot right now. So, you know, all of those factors could come into play.
1: Yeah, no, it's something that gets in that I just feel like it's weird because as somebody old enough to have grown up during the great gaming crash like part of the reason that happened was because so many companies were getting into gaming and gaming development and just flooding the market with like products that that of all, you know, quality levels and not saying that's what Amazon's going to do, it's just like it's it's funny that we're getting back to a point now right where, like everybody wants to have a piece of this whole gaming pie right and the question is how much is it there to Well, serve? it's
0: it's because the industry has so much money and everyone from reviewers to uh, YouTubers are, are multi millionaires.
1: I am that that is absolutely correct. I'm a multimillionaire.
0: I mean, even at the lowest end of the totem pole podcasters, I mean I'm bringing in I'm gonna I may crack six figures this year.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a it's a hard life, but somehow I live it. So I was gonna ask you real quick. Um do you know what the do you know what the RG boy is? The what? The RG boy.
0: Uh honestly it sounds familiar but um i'm sending you a link
1: here Mm. is that the one is that the game boy thing you show me the kickstarter yes because i am actually sitting here waiting for mine to ship at some point soon oh so i'm really curious to see like what this does you ordered one thing oh i was part of the kickstarter
0: how about that so now when are they when is it supposed to ship
1: so the the first like development kits are, sh- are already shipping, and I think mine, I think mine should be like near the end of the month or beginning of April. Really? And I am going to try to make a game for it. I don't know if I can or not, but oh, no kidding. Because I don't know if I like uh, I. So anybody who listens to this podcast or any of my podcasts, if you hear me repeat stories, it's because I have the worst memory <laughs> that has ever existed. So I, I literally just do not remember things. So. I don't know if I told you, Anthony, that I I did a little bit of programming for the Dreamcast VMU.
0: You may have told me that story quite some time ago, but I I may have only heard it once.
1: So, like, I have, like, that was fun because it was such a small, low level. I'm thinking, like, something like this, like, is so low tech and, like, so few pixels and so, like, simplistic (laughs) and basic design that... Mm -hmm. I think this is something maybe I could do, but I'm curious to see if I can do it or not.
0: What type of game do you plan to do on it? Like a little Tamagotchi style or something else? No,
1: I kind of want to do like a platformer. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's one of my first uh, first shots. I want to try to do like a little platformer thing. Hmm. Maybe an RPG? I don't
0: know. No, you know know what may be a good influence? I know you want to do your own idea. You don't want to just copy, but you know what may be good for inspiration is the iPhone game One Bit Ninja. Hmm. Have you seen that?
1: I've seen. I haven't actually
0: played it. D- take a look at it because that'll be great. Ins- that will be perfect inspiration for hmm. what you're looking at. And by the way, for those, even though it's several years old, and I don't know if this gentleman, I'm going to give a quick shout out to an a loyal listener from back in the day on Double Plus Good. Um, I know he also listens to Radio Morning Project, but I don't know if he's been entrenched in, in gaming as much as he used to be. Das Folding 5. I'm going to do a quick shout-out to him. He was yes. actually the one that gifted me One Bit Ninja years ago. But you will definitely want to take a look at it for your Arju boy. I think that's going to be good well, inspiration.
1: I, I, I think my biggest inspiration was going to be um, Laser Cat that was on Xbox 360 and I think also on PC now.
0: Mm. <laughs> i I'm not. Uh, it's not ringing a bell.
1: Yes, it's it's like super crazy, like almost like Atari 2600 era platformer, Rear Cat. Oh, and it was like really good. It, you, you can buy it for. Is anybody who wants this? It's uh, it is on Xbox 360, and you can currently buy it for one dollar. Hmm. And that's on Steam too, I think.
0: Uh, speaking of cats, I know you're a cat lover. Uh, do you have any interest in going to CatCon?
1: I I don't know what that is. <laughs> Tell me more.
0: I don't know a whole lot. Oh, there's another cat lover on my one of my social networking feeds, and she's re- like really into cats. And she was requesting on her feed if anyone wanted to go to CatCon with her. It made me That's- think of you.
1: I almost
0: tagged you in the post to have you look at it. It's in
1: L.A. Oh, my God. It's in L.A. Look at that. 112 days till CatCon. That might actually conflict with um, E3, so I don't know if I can go to CatCon or not. When Hmm. when is is, uh, is CatCon happening?
0: I got to take a look now. I didn't even take a look.
1: They're telling me 112 days. That doesn't mean anything to me in my current state.
0: CatCon L.A.
1: <clears throat> june 25th twenty-sixth. i could i could i could make that oh my okay. goodness I, I i will read this uh a little bit of this because <laughs> it is it is fantastic cat la 2016 take place on june 25th and june twenty sixth, 2016 you already said that but um celebrating groundbreaking products and ideas in art and design pop culture and attitude for cat people part expo part symposium CatCon LA showcases some of the world's top cat-centric merchandise, including furniture, art, toys, and clothing. For those of us who possess a great love of the feline. As well. <laughs> is this a furry page? Is that what this is? Oh. Um, as well as conversations with some of the top cat experts in the world. Over twelve thousand people visit the first visited the first CatCon in 2015 during the weekend. Uh So they donated $33,000. Oh, and can you meet little Bob? Like, who are the famous cats I'll be able to meet? That's what I want to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wonder if like one of their star standouts would be something like, um, I want to say Grumpy Cat, but what was the – oh, why can't I think of the name?
1: WWE Raw Star Grumpy Cat. (laughs)
0: What about the one that was real hot from uh, Japan a few years ago? Oh, my God. Why can can't Well, I there's,
1: there's a couple. There's Maru. Maru's that's it, the yes. biggest one, yeah.
0: Maru's going to be there?
1: Uh, I don't know that Maru's going to be there. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that, like, he doesn't speak very much English, so maybe he's not feeling confident enough to come to CatCon LA. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, wow. that's exciting.
0: That is something else. I saw Where's, that. And yep. You could bring your cat.
1: I... I think that's a horrible idea. I don't think that'll work out well
0: whatsoever. Would your uh, cat freak out?
1: I don't know actually, because like he's he's pretty chill a lot of the time. So I don't know what would happen if I just <laughs> put him on a leash and took him to a place with a bunch of other cats.
0: Do do are you one of those few people that walk your cat, or do you just let your cat uh, do? Its no, thing?
1: I, I I do not. Like my cat is an indoor cat. Like I for I am a very anti outdoor cat thing. Um, but I do have a neighbor. Who his cat will walk like so when the neighbor he has a dog and a cat and when he walks the dog the cat does actually go out with them and walk with them mm. on his own so my cat does not do that no
0: <laughs> well I had to throw that out there I figured uh, yes you'd be interested uh, let's see what else I got on this list here I haven't played this it was making a lot of buzz a month or two ago uh, the witness.
1: I didn't play it. Um, somebody else at our office reviewed it, and oh, that's like—I <sighs> feel like I'm getting sick of first-person indie games. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Like at this point, I just have had like I think I'm—I'm I'm just like first-person right now. Like indie games or horror games. Like those two, I just can't deal with right now. Right,
0: oversaturation or unique. Yeah, you it's need a couple,
1: to- like like a drift. I'm really excited for. And No Man's Sky I'm super excited for, but just for the most part, like, I, I need to take a break from those for a while, because I just, I feel like I've seen that idea so much lately. Uh,
0: This is going to shock you. I have not downloaded this DLC yet. This will may stun you, but I have yet to download the Bayonetta character for uh, Smash yet. Oh, yeah. I still need to do that. Have you done that, if you don't uh, mind me asking? I on
1: don't have a Wii U. What about 3DS? I, I don't have Smash. Oh, oh, I do have, I do have, I do have Smash for 3DS. Yeah,
0: see, there you go. I hadn't
1: thought about, I totally forgot I had that. I'm
0: I'm spending your money.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: You're probably going to mad at me for saying this, but don't forget, coming up soon, Molly's got a birthday. Coming up.
1: So, I have <laughs> a, I have a chance to be in London for my birthday. Should I do that?
0: Uh, uh, what's going on there?
1: Uh, there's a, just an, a thing happening that oh, like an making? event sure okay i probably shouldn't even say a bunch of i've already said but uh no i mean and if it's no, personal it's, i'm not, it, I'm not there, gonna pry yeah there's there's a reason i could have a chance to go to london for my birthday and i'm like trying to figure out if i should do that or not is it a
0: is it a personal thing
1: in terms of my birthday it would be a personal thing yes
0: oh um well, well I, I, I would
1: be i would be alone in london on my birthday, a chance to see London.
0: There's got to be something I'm missing. Um, do you want to go to London?
1: That's my question. I don't know. I like, do. I mean, I. I mean, like, I mean never, you're talking
0: to someone that barely wants to get up in the morning and head out to work <laughs> twenty minutes away. So I mean, you got. So this is how my mind works. I guess okay, my, feeling
1: so, is, my feeling is my feeling like I've like so I've been to I've been to Asia through Japan. Mm-hmm. And I've been through Eastern Europe. Via Belarus. Oh, World of Tanks. Yes, which is but I've still never, going. I've never been to like Europe proper, and I've like I've always wondered about London. So I feel like I kind of do want to go. They, uh,
0: I hear the food is kind of bland.
1: Yeah, I guess the the food probably the, the the thing I'd be excited for they, at least.
0: They do have some beautiful women of what I've seen. I I don't mm. know why I had to throw that in there. Maybe that's just uh, social networking ruining me. Could be, but could uh, be. but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it all, it all comes down to. Uh,
1: so if we have mean, any listeners all, who, if we have any listeners who have been to London, um, or live in London, you could tweet me and tell me if I should go or not.
0: You have your passport ready and all
1: that. Oh yeah, I mean, like I've I've had passport for many many years now because of my living in Japan and stuff. So,
0: so. so your birthday is not that far away. So if you if you were to do something like this, I mean, you got to plan this out quick because you got to talk hotel, flight. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I don't even know what's, so let's say hypothetically you do go how long are you going to stay there
1: it'd be just a few days but I mean I'm literally the person like I like like flew what the 21 hours to Belarus to be there for like three days so wow
0: hmm. um, I'm very embarrassed this is anime related I have yet to watch it even though it's been sitting on my coffee table for about a month uh finally, Evangelion 3.33, You Cannot Redo, came yeah, what's out. And, going on?
1: what's going on with that? Like, why is it taking so long?
0: I don't know. It's taking, like, 100 years.
1: And I heard uh, my favorite, Utna, or as the kids now say, oh. Antenna. Uh, I, I've heard it's coming out on Blu-ray in America, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah, that may be true.
1: Or, I mean, I guess it's coming out. We know for sure it's coming out this year now. So. Oh,
0: you know, it came out recently. also made me think of you as the... Persona 4 manga in uh, in the U.S. I think Udon is publishing it. I saw it at Barnes and Noble.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't. There's also a Persona Q manga. I didn't even know that existed.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I saw that too.
1: Okay, so okay, so I told the story, and she's never gonna listen to this, so I'm not worried about it. But so I was recently in San Francisco because there was like a number of different gaming events going on all the same week, and i went to the nis event and um afterwards of some of the media that was at the event was going to this bar and so they're like hey do you want to go to the bar with us and i'm like sure i'll, I'll drop myself off to the hotel and go meet you guys and so i get there and the the one of the gals who invited me was there and she is like toasted at this point you know she's 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 like just to the wind and she's talking about stuff, and we get on anime somehow, and she mentions Warriors of the Wind. Now, to be clear, are you, are you familiar with Warriors of the Wind?
0: Uh, no, I'm mixing it up with some teenage-based uh, novels with cats. I'm thinking of something
1: else. <laughs> I guess it's not. That. Okay, so yeah. do, you know, do you know Nasca from Studio Ghibli?
0: Uh, yeah, yep.
1: Okay, so Warriors of the Wind was the American version of Nasca. And oh. Warriors of the Wind was basically the reason why we didn't get Studio Ghibli movies in America for years and years and years afterwards. Because the, the company who had brought out Warriors of the Wind butchered it so much that Miyazaki got pissed off at it.
0: Wow. And he's
1: like, I'm not letting Americans release any more of my films. I mean, So this, this ruined our chances for Ghibli for a long, long time. Um, so I saw Warriors of the Wind when I was young. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of a cool movie. And then, like, later on when you realize what it is, it's Naushka, and you watch the proper Naushka, you're like, oh, my God, they just destroyed it. So, right. So, like, for example, in the Warriors of the Wind, instead of Naushka, her name is Princess Zandra, you know. So, this girl brings up Warriors of the Wind, to which... Because I am the person I, I am and what I have to do. <laughs> yes, I'm, right. I'm like, I'm like you mean Naushko, the Valley of the Wind, you know? Right. And she's like, no, it's Warriors of the Wind. That's what wow. it will always be to me. And so we get talking. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with her at this point because she is, like, so drunk and, like, she is getting abusive about anime here. <laughs> but she was going on and on about, like, how she's, like, she'll always be Princess Zandra to me because, like, in the American version... She was so much better but then like when the Japanese made their own version and I'm like oh my god she thinks like the American wow. version was first and then they make a Japanese version and so she's going wow. on and on about Warriors of the Wind and it's like it's eating me up inside because 99% of the time I wouldn't care like it's like okay it's anime whatever I'm right. not gonna but like Naushka or nauska depending on how you pronounce it like Naushka's Valley of the Wind is like one of the absolute cornerstone series for me that like made me a fan of like japanese animation and manga and stuff and i still to this day like that that character to me is just something i hold very near and dear to my heart and that story is and will be and i mean you know this because i know you got me a gift one time that directly connects to this uh so you know how much i care about naushka right so it was like taking everything i had in me to like listen to this drunk girl talking about Warriors of the Wind and like how much better the American version was. Oh my god. I
0: mean this would almost be as blasphemous as giving full credit to fighters history for kickstarting the the uh th- you know, the the beat 'em up, the one on one fighter genre over Street Fighter Two. I mean, she's she's almost it's almost a Go Bots versus Transformers type of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, it was just like uh it was it was driving me crazy, but she's just sitting here like telling me like, yeah, And when they made a Japanese version, they screwed her up. But the Americans like, oh, my God. Did
0: she acknowledge that? Had she actually seen uh, Nosuka?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, I was getting to a point where I like, I was not going to argue with her. Because it's like – it's it's like – it's literally like, you know, when you're arguing with a child, you know, it's – you're going to come out the loser in the situation no matter what. Because you are arguing with a kid, you know. I am arguing with a drunk girl about anime in a bar. Like, there is no way – I come out of that situation being like, you know, anything, right. but, but lowered in standards of what I was going <laughs> in. So I didn't get too much into it. And I was like disagreeing with her at a certain point, but inside it was tearing me, in, you know, tearing me up.
0: So let me ask you this before we move on from that topic. What were you doing in uh, San Francisco?
1: Um, so there was the NS event, and then there was the, oh. uh, the Xbox like Spring Showcase, and there was a Dark Souls 3 event.
0: Mm.
1: And then um a few other things that I went to, so
0: when is Dark Souls three hitting?
1: I think I want to say April mm. something. Mm. I'm very excited because, yeah. you know, coming off of Dark Souls 2, uh I'm sorry, no, March, March 24th. Wow. Uh that
0: soon? Then. Yeah, I haven't looked at it because uh you soon. know, on your recommendation, I've still got Dark Souls 1, I still have two, I have Bloodborne. And there's so much stuff that I picked up in February and, and April and Mayor stack. So I honestly, I've been ignoring it on purpose, not because I feel it will be that it'll disappoint or I don't won't be good. It's just that I, I have to draw the line. So I'm going to be depending on you to to fill myself in and listeners on that.
1: Yeah, I haven't um, like I haven't made it as like I barely scratched the surface of Bloodborne at this yeah. point because I, I had purposely skipped doing Bloodborne as a review because I didn't want right. to um, did, like, you know, take my time with it. So I need to still play that, but like Dark Souls 3 is definitely... Um, I'm way more excited for this than I was for Dark Souls 2.
0: I know we're all over the map tonight on our format, so it's not really following um, any sort of particular sequence or order. So I might as well throw another dart on the board, so to speak. Um, a title that I was actually legitimately looking forward to this month and I'm and, and, because I wanted something that was gonna be fast I could sit down kind of zone out not have to get you know too into it and it was actually atop my list and I'm not saying it's it's something that has very much potential Street Fighter
1: 5 All right, so we're gonna do this okay.
0: So, I mean, look, I don't I don't really have to go off on a long rant or whatever. I'm not I mean, I in the shortest way I can put it is the content that is there is fantastic. But the problem is that right now there's not enough content. So everything there is A+ plus and polished, I would say. It's just that there's not much of it.
1: Okay, let me so- ask you.
0: Let me
1: ask you, Anthony. When you buy a fighting game, are you buying it to play against other people? Or are you buying it to play against a computer?
0: I understand in this day and age, the key factor is playing against live people, other people online. I get that. I'm not ignorant to that. But at the same time, there should be a bit more to keep me occupied or busy, if I don't want to play someone else.
1: No, no, I I agree with that, and I mean, well, so but to clear. answer,
0: you know what? Uh, okay. I, I wish there was more meaty solo stuff.
1: So I guess I mean like like on my side of things, like, um, when I bought Grand Theft Auto Four, I played about an eighth of the storyline. All the rest of my time was spent online. Right. When I buy the Call of Duties that I've bought, I barely touch the single player. The the one Battlefield I own, Battlefield 4, I don't think I've even touched the single player. Um Street Fighter 5, like when I own this game, I go into multiplayer and I don't think about anything else. And so You know, on one hand, I can understand the people who do want that solo player experience and them saying that they're unhappy with the amount of content the game currently has. But when I think of what Street Fighter is and I think of what any fighting game is, to me, the absolute core of that genre is one person Versus another person and seeing who wins.
0: Let let me ask the audience this then. Because this is to put it into perspective and speaking from the heart. And I think I'd be doing a disservice Mm -hmm. if I didn't bring this up. I think you have all valid points. And I, I, I don't disagree with what you're having to say. But let me put this simply. Could you imagine working at Capcom? Working on arguably or what is considered the most prestigious fighting game of all time. Genre defining. Street Fighter V coming out even in the internet age of today what if I told you we're like okay we've got this we we've got this roster planned out we have online play implemented we've got a practice mode we're looking good and then I tell everyone okay we're getting ready to ship this uh but there's no arcade mode like and I I hate to make this about bullet points or ticking a box because I I know we're so against this like we've been vocal in the past like saying yeah well they just added this into this game so they can put that on the back of the box and just mark it off you know what I mean it really doesn't serve any purpose but I hate to use that that comparison but like could you imagine on your checklist for Street Fighter and as you're going down you don't have arcade mode on there or a fleshed-out... Like, it, it doesn't even...
1: <clears throat> okay, so let me ask you this. My, okay. Let me ask you this. And this is not atta- you, me attacking you for your position. I just want to know your answer to this question. So... Do you think Capcom wanted Street Fighter V to come out in the form it came out? No. Okay. So So... That, I think, is the logical answer is no. Because I don't think any company would I, want an unfinished game to come out. No.
0: I th- my And this is coming from afar. I could be talking out my ass. I think a few things or a few possibilities. I think they maybe wanted to get it out because you got the Capcom Pro Tour. Or I think that they wanted to get it out when they did to get it out before the end of the fiscal year to make their numbers look good before March 31st.
1: So I I think both of what you said is correct. And so, you know, I think obviously when when a game comes out that is not what the company wants it to be. Like you have to ask yourself, why did that happen? And I think what you just said are the two reasons. And if you simply take the fiscal year thing, I think there is a lot of justification in saying to Capcom, like that's unfair to us, to people who are buying the game, just because you wanted it in a certain physical year. You know, that you're giving us the unfinished product. I think the big asterisk, and this is not of asterisks, I think the big asterisk on this is Capcom Pro Tour. Not only Capcom Pro Tour, but CEO. And so, yeah. North Cal regionals. Yep. Evo. Yep all of these things is is is
0: and i think if it was just evo they could have cut it a lot closer and the only reason i say that is i don't know which installment it was but a few years ago with one of the it might have been arcade edition of uh, ultra street fighter 4 or whatever they cut that thing pretty damn close to like it was a couple weeks sure. so i i think if it was just evo they could have had the cojones to cut it that close Right. But because of what you said and all of the other factors. And, and then that um, was
1: about the point too when Capcom Pro Tour didn't even exist.
0: And here's the, but here's what surprised me. So some people are like – or like you might be sitting there going, well, does that surprise me? You know, especially with what we've seen in the industry. I'm going to tell you why I was le- legitimately a little bit surprised at this. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it a couple months ago when Capcom was kind of like happy and boasting online saying, hey, great news. Street Fighter Five is actually going to ship a little bit early.
1: That I don't actually remember. I
0: remember that now because I want to say that game was a couple weeks out later or whatever it was. So then they – because I think it might have been tar- – it might have been March, okay? And then they came out and said it was coming out. was like around Valentine's Day. And I was like, wow, they must have like – they must feel really good like with the balance and like it's, that it's ready to pump it out a few weeks ahead of time. So that's what surprised me. If I remember later this week and when I get time, I'll try to find that.
1: And I think too like one of the things about – okay. The physical year thing, right, because I know a lot of people have argued that it's a physical year thing, and that's why the game came out when it did. but if you look at that, I think their physical year runs through the end of March, I believe mm-hmm. so and I, by the
0: way, for the record, I didn't read that online, so that notion came from my brain i didn't yeah, I haven't read okay. any of that
1: but like so they could have potentially released it still in their fiscal year, but also at the point when the March update would have been there um. Which leads me to think even more that it was a case of we need to get this game out in time for tournaments. So on one hand, absolutely positively, it is surprising and a little appalling to me the things that are missing. Because even beyond like, okay, when is the cinematic story coming? You know, when are the battle lounges coming? Well, and it's confusing
0: not to be rude and cut you off. It's confusing because there is a story mode in there. But – they, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, didn't they say that the full fleshed out story mode is going to hit like in June?
1: Well, there's two things. Like, there's individual character stories that currently exist, but then, like, the full kind of Mortal Kombat dead or alive esque story, like cinematic storyline is coming in June, yes. But, um, okay. You're missing things like if you go to versus mode, you can't play against the computer. And that is actually something that exists in. The demo builds for Street Fighter Five that exist at like kiosks and stuff like that. So, how how is that missing from? The so home wait, version? what am I missing? So what, what's going on? So now? okay, so if you go to versus mode, right? Okay, in, you go to versus mode. You say, do you want to play against a computer or do you want to play against a, another human being? Right. So currently in Street Fighter Five, you cannot play against a computer in versus mode. Really. The option does not exist, but it that option exists in the demo builds of Street Fighter Five. The question is, why does that not exist? That is a perfectly legitimate point. There are other things that are missing that are completely legitimate points to ask. Why is there absolutely no punishing of rage quitters currently in the game? Like, why did they not understand that when they understood it in Street Fighter 4? You know, it even gets back to, like, let's say, for example, the user interface on the PS4, right? Like, why is there no folders? They, oh, You know, the, the PS3 got folders. Right. They knew at some point folders were an important thing. Why do companies keep forgetting these things? So that's, they keep that's a, they
0: go backwards. It's like they come in yes. with a new slate and they forget what they learned the last round. So
1: that is completely legitimate. But yeah. the arg, the counter argument I would make is if you are somebody who cares about single player only, and there are people are out there. I do not understand you people, but you do exist. You only want to play. Arcade mode, you want to play versus computer, whatever. The game, if you buy the game in in June, the game at that point will be more of what you want, and you will have lost zero ground in the game. Because if you come at Street Fighter V now or in June, it's going to mean the same thing to you as a solo player. For the people who play online the people who play tournaments that is absolutely not the case
0: Uh, i have something to say to this
1: so yeah just a second um so the people who are in tournaments the people who play online if they were to wait till june to pick up the game they're at a huge huge disadvantage right so i completely understand the argument of what's missing in street fighter 5 but i think there has been a level of selfishness among the people who want single-player content and saying that if that content is not ready to go yet, and does not exist yet, that nobody should have the game, that Capcom should have waited. And my argument is, if those players wait till June, nothing changes. But getting the game to tournament players, to competitive players at this point, changes a lot of things. Hmm. So I would say... Let those people have the game now and just wait for the game you want until June.
0: Hmm. No, I mean look. I get it and I've thought of a a lot of those things. Like you're not you know.
1: I mean I mean I mean uh, before you before you go on, let me just say like before this podcast, I was playing Street Fighter Five. Like I play Street Fighter Five almost every single day now, and it is for me at this point the most enjoyable game I have currently in my life right now. (laughs) Like, like if I come home and I have one chance to play a game, I'm gonna play Street Fighter Five. Look, that's what makes me happy. So, like, like, I I am getting, I am getting complete happiness out of this game at this moment. And if you are not, I'm sorry. and i hope that comes for you soon but don't take my happiness away from
0: me so okay so let me meet you I'll, let me make you feel a little bit better Okay. and this is going to be a really odd thing i'm going to say when xbox live when it was in its infancy back on 360 so god we must be going back to 2005 2006 maybe summer 06 so like there wasn't jack squat on that service they put Street Fighter Two Turbo up, mm-hmm. and I downloaded that because that was like the best game at the time for download. And I have to tell you, and I was playing with the shitty pad, the Xbox pad. I was so addicted to playing, and it was we're talking online for maybe a weekend or three days that I, I that I had to I stopped. <laughs> Be, I mean, I was playing at night. I was getting up in the middle of the night. I, I mean, so here's the thing: my, I understand where you're coming from from that, and I haven't done that since then. Be, so I understand how how it can be addictive. My thing is this: I think for hardcore gamers like you, me, no matter no matter what I'm going to say or what I complain about it, Street Fighter Five could have come out as a hunk of shit. I was still gonna buy it, just to buy it, experience it, and be like, "I can't believe they did this." So they had our money, no matter what. This is the problem I have with Street Fighter V On top of that, is that, for example, I have a couple other friends who aren't as ignorant as me and don't buy, you know, eighty thousand games. <laughs> And they were asking me. They wanted my opinion on Street Fighter V. And I was honest. Like I, I told them the positives, the negatives. You know what I mean? I said, look, with the content that's there is fantastic. It's got beautiful animation. The character models for what they are look great. Uh, you know, the gameplay is is there. And there's a lot of stuff coming. But here's the issue. I can't sell. That person I was talking to in the car who, who's who has some gaming experience goes back to the – you know 16 bit days you know and buys a few games a year i couldn't sell them that game right there in the car last week sure because that that person's looking to spend 60 bucks and if they took that game home that night in the form that it's in they'd have thought i was an idiot so and i explained i explained the whole thing i said look and honestly this is not a lie i told them. i said you know what i said it's going to be worth taking a look at again in June, I said, in June or the summertime, I said, it's going to be a lot more complete. And I said, it's, it'll be worth your time then. But I said, I can't recommend if you've got 60, dollars $60 to burn right now. I said, if I sold you Street Fighter Five in the car right now, I said, it, I'd be crazy. I said to him, I said, these are words that I never, ever thought would come out of my mouth. And I just put it to him like this. I said, look, when it comes to Street Fighter Five, it still has the best gameplay and that's not arguable. Uh, for the comparison I'm going to make I said look I said I've never been a huge Mortal Kombat fan I said the very last chance I gave that series I bought it like twice in the past and I've been disappointed I gave MK10 a chance a lot of people were telling me to get MK9 people were pissed at me on the other podcast fans telling me that I wasn't being fair because I didn't give it a shot You know what? I gave Mortal Kombat 10 a shot. Now, I will say this. I said this before. I think MK10, for what it is, is probably the best in that series since the days of MK2, right? Now, does that mean magically overnight Mortal Kombat 10 plays as good as Street Fighter? No, there's still apples and oranges, (laughs) right? right? But But for Mortal Kombat, I will tell you that is probably the best playing Mortal Kombat, period. But the thing I said was if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you came up to me when Mortal Kombat 10 came out, and had that converse, that Street Fighter conversation with me, and if they got in the car and they said, I got 60 bucks to burn, and I used to be an MK fan if they told me, should I go b- buy Mortal Kombat 10? Yes. Street Fighter fan right now, a little bit more casual, not hardcore doing the tournaments, should I buy Street Fighter Five right now? No. That's the, that's, the t- that's the part that kills me is because... You know, it,
1: it reminds me a lot of uh, Splatoon last year splatoon was in the exact same situation like when it like and that was platoon was a hard review for me to do because i had to i had to review it both on what it, the game was at that point and what i knew was coming you know and and street fighter 5 was the same thing Is like splatoon was like oh this is an okay game in terms of content right now but it'll be much better in three months four months or whatever. Um, I guess like the argument I have about Street Fighter Five, and the thing I've seen a f- said a few times, and this is what bugs me the most, is when people say Street Fighter Five is a crappy game. And the thing is it's not it – No, I, and so I don't think f- I've said that. It's not – Yeah, no, no. no it, I, they, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you have said that. But I'm like, no. I just want to make this point is that it is so far away from being a crappy game. It is a game that is lacking content. That's the, 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 that's the issue. The core of Street Fighter 5, like I love this game so much more than Street Fighter 4. You know, like this to me feels like it's getting back to the real Street Fighter. This is a fantastic game. It is a game that is not fleshed out as much as it should be yet, but that does not mean this is a bad game. This is not a bad game. It is a game lacking content. And there is a huge distinction between those two things.
0: I will, I will throw one more hook out there. Speaking of fighting games in the last, we'll say, three to five years. I will say the fighting game that still kind of threw me for a loop the most in recent memory. Um, in terms of like giving something different visually and kind of, I don't want to say blowing me away, but really sticking with me in the visual department, Guilty Gear.
1: No. Yes. Absolutely. I mean that. But I mean, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear is like, I almost kind of hate Guilty Gear now <laughs> because whenever I see King of Fighters fourteen, oh, I know. It's like, why can't you be oh, Guilty Gear? That like, would be. Like, why can't, why can't, why can't SNK have what Arc has in terms of of visual design? Because, right. like, oh right. my god.
0: And speaking of uh, King of Fighters fourteen, I have I have like these links saved. Uh, I'm just gonna go through this, see if anything. Uh... This is from February twenty second. Potential King of Fighters fourteen leak may explain weird roster. By the way, so my source on this King of Fighters fourteen stuff is coming from a site that I thought was just dormant and just about dead. I couldn't believe I saw this name pop back up, Madman's Cafe.
1: I, I am a huge fan of Mad Men's Cafe. I am a like I like friend is a weird word because like I think with the whole internet era, like Right. Are you really friends with them? But like I, I have known um I believe his name is Professor Moriarty. Uh is that really?
0: I, it sounds familiar, yeah.
1: Like I am I, I will admit I am a little under the influence right now. But I'm trying to remember his name. Um but the kind is Moriarty. Is Moriarty the Madman's Cafe guy? Okay, so whoever the main person behind Madman's Cafe is, like I have known him for a long time, in a very casual internet sense. Okay, uh, it is a professor. I don't know if it's Moriarty or not. I guess that's where I'm getting. Uh, but the professor of Madman's Cafe, um, yes, that is absolutely like one of those sites that, like, I sometimes you forget it, it still exists. Right. But but it does. Like, is Magic Box still around, for example? It is.
0: Like, there's a message board, but they don't update okay. like they used to. No. Sure. But, yeah, I used to yeah. go on there every...
1: But, uh, but no, I, I feel like Madman's Cafe has had a big resurgence as of late. Yeah. It could just be that I'm noticing them again, or it could right. be that they have... No, hearts. I think it's
0: because of the fighting genre. I think it's just because yes. of... Yeah. Let me ask you this before I get to the King of Fighters 14 stuff. That person, Moriarty, uh, are they in the States, or are they Well, let's say, let's
1: say Professor. Let's say Professor, because I don't, I don't know for sure that it's yeah. Moriarty. Yeah, Um. Again, like this is literally like I know him from the internet, right? Like not in person. So like I, I feel like if if you like, hey, do you remember Shadoshi? Like I think he's still gonna know who I am. It's just a case of like you know, it's 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 such a weird thing, you know. Like the internet now is where you have these, you have these internet friends that you only ever know by like handles or avatars and stuff. Right, but like we we talked like long, long, long time ago, and it's one of those things like where we've known each other, like we've known of each other, I feel like for a long time now.
0: I'm gonna say this, I don't I, I don't know this person firsthand by any means. you do. if I was a betting man, I'm gonna say that person remembers you. You know why I make a statement like that because I remember you know within the last five years when I used to still order from NCSX more, there just hasn't been reason to to order as much because of the market. I remember I got into a conversation with them via email once, and I dropped <laughs> I dropped your name as well as Nick, and they were met. They knew you too, and they remembered from what you used to purchase from them.
1: That's, that's it's 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 really funny because I, yeah, t- like, I don't know.
0: if – I think I told you that maybe a long time ago. No,
1: I don't think you, I don't know if you did or not. Yeah. But, so the,
0: just to put that into perspective, like that shop, like I bring that up because Madman's Cafe is even more like hardcore niche. So like if NCSX out of New York remembers you, then then that madman will
1: remember. Well, it's you. it's funny because I mean like it was it was a case of us coming up, you know like like groups of us all coming up together like through the news groups or through mm-hmm. like early websites, you know, because I was really early into the Shin Tensei Tensei scene in terms of the English stuff. Of course, being a game fan, I had. Um, I don't know if you ever saw it because I don't know how far back your knowledge of me goes. But, like, um, do you know the Final Fantasy – is it Final Fantasy Shrine? No. Oh, what FF Shrine? That, what was the site that had, like – it had all of the galleries of characters, like specific characters?
0: I, You know, I'm sure I've been there. I know I have doing searches in the past, but don't tell so, me where
1: – So you know what I'm talking about, like, like where, like – it's this character or this character or this character, and they knew book like, Oh yeah, and let me right? correct myself.
0: When I said FF Shrine, I'm sorry. I I, I truly know what you're talking about. I was thinking a Galbatio Hotel, which has a weird URL.
1: Yeah, it's not them. So, but
0: but yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Okay,
1: so I created the site that they copied. Really? Yes. So because I had a site called Puristic Example, which was <laughs> it was um it was like Charlotte from from Samurai Showdown. Mm-hmm. It was Blue Mary, it was uh, Kyoko from from Rival Schools, it was a few other characters, I think King might have been on there, it was a, like my favorite character, so I had this this small kind of site, and they like, I don't remember the name, I don't know if it's was FF Shrine, but it was something like that, and they just straight up, like, copied, like, my entire design for what wow. I have done. Uh, so... Like through that too, I met people. So it's it's funny that you mentioned the NCS thing as NCSX thing because like there is these pockets of us that have been around making me feel old again like for so like, it- a long long time that we know each other from those really early days of internet.
0: Stuff. Right. Now wait, not to be rude and ruin your story, but who copied you?
1: The. Like I said, I, I feel like it was FF Shrine.
0: Oh okay, okay, okay. okay. So it was yeah. the
1: um I, I said, I don't know that's real name though, because there right. was what it was,' so like I said, I literally started off with it was a website, a fan site for Charlotte and Blue Mary. Cause those are my two favorite SNK females at the time.. Mm. And then I added some more, and what I would used to do was on each of the image galleries at the top. I had the character that it was the image gallery for, like, actually had a little text bubble, like, talking about like that image gallery, like, from their own. You know,
0: I'll be damned if I hadn't been on that site.
1: So yes, so whatever that site was that did that, like, they directly copied off of my site
0: Mm. because
1: I had done that, and then, um, like, I felt like they had come and talked to me about it. It wasn't FF Shrine. It was something else. I don't remember what it was. But it was some sort of, like, it became a big site. Like, it was a, it was huge for a while, where, like, it was a lot of different characters. You could go into, like, image galleries, and they just collected, like, all these galleries from, like, all over the place. Mm. But, like I said, I had, like, a small kind of, like fan site for a few specific characters and then they they had copied that but anyway
0: well it's so embarrassing when i was young well not that i i still live on the internet but it's so embarrassing i can't tell you how many days or afternoons i'd waste just looking for stuff like that on the net i'm assuming you would do similar
1: yeah i mean like it's (sighs) this is getting to be like the old people podcast here (laughs) but no like it's it's so you know like right People who are younger now don't understand right. like, what the internet used to be, and it used to be so different.
0: Yeah, and it, it was, was kind of so cool different. to be like, wow, there's other people into this or this type of niche game or category or, you know what I mean, genre. And then you kind of, you know, I'd get excited when I'd find, you know, a pa or like Madman's Cafe, for example, you know, I'd find something like that and I'd kind of cling on to it.
1: And, and then that, that's, that's why part of me like, is so happy that Madman's Cafe is still around because yeah. that. Like that was one of those like sites that existed way back in the day, you know, that did was a groundbreaking and trailblazing kind of website. Right. Um, for stuff like that. And and so it makes me so happy to know like sites like those still exist because um, so much of that stuff has just been kind of vanished and been lost to time. Right. As the internet has grown and expanded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got uh, there was some King of Fighters news here. Let's see. We'll start back with um. Actually, this first one's from Siliconera. I'll just read the headline. It's a Terry Bogard, Clark Still, Maxima, and the King of Dinosaurs joins King of Fighters fourteen. I believe they're alluding to Tzok.
1: I was gonna say. So okay. So is is King of Dinosaurs Tzok? Are we? Are we so. On agreement with that. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody assumes. That, yeah.
0: So. Um, before I get back over to Madman, uh, what do you what did you think of the latest trailer for KOF fourteen? <sighs>
1: I can't I I can't get over the backgrounds. Yeah. Because just I know it's a completely superficial thing, but just one of the things that I've always loved about SNK fighters, yep. has always been just how yeah, I don't understand how, how, how can complex that complex and how deep and how yep. developed their backgrounds. Yep,
0: about. I don't understand how that goes by the wayside. As time goes on, and even as beautiful as it just is, the one aspect about Street Fighter V we were just bragging about. I've been saying this the last, probably since the after Capcom S&K 2, I didn't have issue with Capcom S&K 1 or 2. Uh, and if and if Ray Blade is listening, he's probably so sick of hearing this, he's going to plug his ears. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I always complain about... Um, just that aspect of backgrounds missing. Like even in Street Fighter five. It's like what happened to backgrounds that kind of associated directly with that character's personality or Remember like,
1: like, remember like Sakura's in Street Fighter Yeah. 2? It's so 2 memorable. Like like, like the, the little kid in the in the room Exa- is like playing. It's unforgettable. Console. It's and unforgettable. Then if, if she loses, like he gets mad. And you mentioned yep. like Capcom versus S N K. Like the the first one to this day has one of my favorite backgrounds ever in, in a fighting game is the one where it's in Osaka and it's like raining. And if you go oh, yes. far enough to the in left fl- on yes. side, you actually go into the arcade center and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: I don't understand how, like, when they're sitting down, like I just got complaining how Capcom can forget arcade mode. How can uh, how can people who study S and K or like be you know in that realm sit down and when they're laying these backgrounds out, how can you be like? Yeah, let's just put like an empty generator or like a big machine back there, and like it's like how can that's such a huge part.
1: Well, I mean, but see, see, it's funny because if if I'm not complaining about like lack of arcade mode, lack of of CPU versus stuff like that, I complain about like okay, why does Free Fighter Five not have um. Personalized intros, depending on which yeah. characters are well, look.
0: We're out. digging even further. I'm totally on. Look, I'm totally on board with you on that. My first complaint is we need to fix the backgrounds. But yeah, I mean, if we're taking it a step further for these full blown AAA titles in 2016, there should be, you know, little mannerisms or taunts between certain characters. They should be bringing those introductions back. It's all missing
1: cuz you know cuz we talk about a lot about like how much we've lost in the move from 2D Get, to 3D I,
0: I will say before we continue and I'll throw MK in there real quick MK doesn't do a bad job but no, I will say no. Guilty Gear is pretty faithful with yes. uh, with their back yes. I will give Guilty Gear that. that's another reason why they kind of stick out right now is because they haven't really forgotten a lot of those things
1: But yeah I do feel like it's funny because it's almost like when artists and developers had to work harder cuz like you know each pixel here here right. here here and here like at that point they thought about all those little things that would then go into the rest of the game as well whereas you know you hate to say it like games feel more manufactured now than they right. used to feel
0: i i was going to say something and my my thought is escaping me but but yeah i don't i don't understand how uh how they've gone so backwards in that aspect. You know what I mean? Well, I know what I was going to say. Like, wouldn't you get – this sounds – once again, you're saying, you know, how people can't relate to the older days of the internet and all that. I think this may be kind of tough to relate to as well because when you look at stuff like Call of Duty or Fallout, these entire, like, worlds literally that you're experiencing, like, it's absolutely insane. So, like, what I'm about to say is so minuscule in comparison – But, like, do you remember how excited you used to be, like, when a new background was shown or, like, for Street Fighter Alpha 2 or, like, King of, you know, 95, 96? And you were like, oh, my God. Or, like, when they take, you know, like, a classic Fatal Fury or Art of Fighting background and, you know, put it on steroids and put, you know, characters from other titles in the background. Like, all this little tiny stuff. But, like, it would be kind of exciting. You know what I mean?
1: To be fair though, like I mean, we do look at that occasionally. Like it like I think with Street Fighter Five, a great example of that was um uh Karin's, uh, you know, Kanzuki estate background. Like when that was shown with her video when it first came out, like that really caught the eye of a lot of people. Like a lot of people were mentioning like how great that background was. So I think that it shows an example of, you know when when companies still do put that kind of love and attention right. in the backgrounds that it will still get appreciated. Like the opposite right. is for anybody who's played Street Fighter Five, I think is the aircraft carrier stage or aircraft stripped or whatever. Which is just to me like the just the most dull, boring stage like Street Fighter Five has. But when Kanzuki Estate came out, you know, you had that appreciation. So I do think it shows People still care about stuff like that. Yeah, and
0: it's crazy. Speaking of aircraft carrier, you know, uh, jet type backgrounds, you know, isn't it ironic you go from something as uh, iconic as Guile's Street Fighter II background and then you get stuff like what you just described today? Like, it's mind blowing. Like, it makes no sense, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But. um,
1: So, uh, you know, uh, King of Fighters 14, I'm still. They I'm had the trailer. Very I'm still yeah. very, very torn. That God, it looks so ugly. But I'm. Still what do you, try what do you it.
0: think of potential characters from the Apache Slot games making it in?
1: And that, like, that's what worries me. <laughs> is it? It because you look at like the rumored lists and you're like, who are like a fourth of these people? <laughs> you know, like, like I mean, it was like, uh, like Kim Capwan's wife or somebody's like wife, really? Something like that like, there was some really crazy. Like options or, or character choices, they seem to be making, um, and a lot of them do seem to be from patchy slots. And so yeah. I, I'm, you know, the question is: is would we rather have SNK be dead or SNK be alive, but be this really weird, like Chinese-controlled ca- company?
0: Well, I mean, that's all official, isn't it? So like, they're in Chinese hands, correct?
1: Yeah. From, from Do they have? Do everything. they
0: have any of the team or Japanese members from SNK working no, like with? No,
1: the good the good part is like I I from my understanding is that more of the kind of old school SNK team has returned.
0: That's got to be The 14,
1: which is uh, which is good.
0: But that's got to be an odd working environment, don't you think?
1: Well, mm-hmm. I I guess I guess the question is like how, you know, how much control does the Chinese parent company right. have at this point? So. Right.
0: There's one uh, here on a different uh, going from patchy slot potential roster characters to uh, King of Fighters 14 developers acknowledge the visual complaints. Uh, King of Fighters 14 developers at SNK Playmore are well aware of the complaints on the graphics and are working hard on polishing them up, according to a new interview posted on Impress Game Watch.
1: Um, I my 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 guess. I don't know if it's a guess or not, but like. I feel like King of Fighters 14 comes out. They just want to get a game out. And then, like, King of Fighters 15 is when we get the good graphics. You know? Oh, like, like, once they take like,
0: this as kind of the foundation and then just Yeah, kinda... they're like,
1: let us get the game working first. Right. <laughs> but it's like, have something out there first, and then we'll make it look prettier than it does right now. Like, so. Uh, it's just. I'm so sad about SNK at this point, you know? Because it's just.
0: Well, here I'm. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It'll take an hour, but it says regarding 14's 3D uh, graphics. Quote: We're getting a lot of negative feedback on the visuals, so we're still polishing up on that. I think everyone will be happy by the time the game is finished.
1: They won't be. No, no way. Let's that's, be honest. That's, they won't. That's be. some
0: bullshit. Unless they get that uh, what Arc System is using for Guilty Gear. That's that's That ain't happening.
1: Because I mean, like you look at like. You know, oh. what, what, whatever you think of Mortal Kombat, you look at Mortal Kombat. Right. And and it's got a great graphics off for what it's supposed to be. You look at Guilty Gear, and I mean, Guilty Gear is just like jaw-dropping. Right. You look like Street Fighter Five, and some people have been like, oh, it looks like 4, but it does not at all. It looks so much better than 4, it's crazy.
0: I don't and, think, th- yeah, it doesn't have the same uniqueness as the jump from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4.
1: Sure, but, but, but once I, you
0: play, but I agree. Once you play it and you know what you're looking at, and if yeah, you play it, it's, four, it's there is a considerable difference. difference.
1: But yeah. I think I think you look at a King of Fighters 14, and that legitimately does feel like past era. You know, Which like 14. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it feels like out of date compared to everything else out there. In it just you know, it, the, if. The only know.
0: thing I think when I see King of Fighters 14 and the the lackluster visuals and like the lack of textures and stuff. Now, what I'm about to say may be stupid because we ha- the power is so great today, but you know I would actually be completely fine with, uh, you know the less realistic visuals or something that's kind of toned down per se, if they took an approach like what toe ball did for its time so what i mean is don't make it look like toe ball, but like kind of for comparison's sake like for what that did in the latter part of the 90s but it was able to stand out with its own unique art style like using the flat shaded polygons right. to keep the frame rate high if they were able to come up with something smart that was like okay wait this visual style is awesome but at the same time it's you know cost cutting but like it doesn't matter you know what i mean if it came up kind of how guilty gear kind of or went overboard and kind of shot themselves with the complexity of it you right. know if the, if if king of fighters could do something like a toe ball that would be awesome
1: well no i mean yes absolutely i absolutely but, agree but, but no. i don't
0: know exactly uh, you know i'm not getting paid the big dollars i right. don't know what that would be but i think they'd be better off to come up with something utilizing what they have but in a better way
1: because I mean I people have complained about people who complain about the graphics. You know, and it's like, well the, the graphics aren't important, it's the gameplay, which that's that's true. But like I think the thing some people are missing is for people like you, people like myself who are these longtime SNK fans. Right. Like graphics have always been important. And it's not it's not the case of graphics are the only thing that's important. It's the fact that whenever we bought SNK games, we got these games that had such rich developed worlds like these 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 2D sprite based games where you could tell how much love how much attention right. how much time went into creating these graphics like SNK was always about that it was about it was it wasn't just gameplay it was like artists making games you know where the visual part was just as important as the gameplay part and that's that's why we loved SNK for so long and so it's not that we're saying graphics is the only thing that matters what we're saying is when we see what King of Fighters 14 is looking like it's so sad to us because that gigantic aspect of SNK that artistic style that 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 making things that are just rich and unique visually, like that feels like it's been completely lost. And, it goes and, against
0: everything that the company did for, yes, for the, from yeah. The, yeah, for the better part of two decades. And it's like, for, what are we supposed to do? Forget that that ever happened. And
1: right. Like, like 14 it, feels just so generic. And I mean, even like go back to like 12 and 13, like, you know, and that's, even the, yeah. Like, even if you want to argue that like, okay, oh my God, they're like big chunky sprites, you know, whatever. Like there was still so much work Put into oh, I was
0: so lo- I was so praying, game, you know, games. to get that fourteen going with a bigger roster of what was offered in in thirteen, which was a great build upon twelve, and what a that aspect was a letdown. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's almost like if you're saying that like, okay, because you're a fan of comic books, you know. Is there certain comics where the story is what matters and the, the visuals don't really look important, you know, aren't, aren't important, so uh, they can be, they can be whatever they need to be to, to do it. Sure. But a lot of comic fans, the reason they're fans of certain comics is because it has the story, it has the rich characters, but it also has great artwork. The complete what, package. Yes, that's the what SNK package. has. It's a always component. been.
0: I you know I just thought of this while you were talking. I mean, look at it this way: What if King of Fighters fourteen came out with gorgeous graphics? Uh, you know, great animation, great gameplay, and then what if the sound was like, um, you know, I don't want to exaggerate, but like, let's say it was NES or like low, low end SNES, right? Don't you think that'd be a problem? You know, you could argue, hey, it's a beautiful game and it plays good, right? But it sounds like shit, right? I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a, a distraction, you know?
1: Yep. So.
0: But um, I think we're done beating down on King of Fighters for now. (laughs) Uh, I'll go through about a half dozen things here if there's something that catches uh, your interest. uh, Stop me. Uh, This is PC. This is from Silicon Era PC News. Explosive Dojin shmup wolf flame now on Steam. Uh, I bookmarked this for Mm. some sort of reason. Uh, It looked pretty good. Uh, Six bucks on Steam. Astro Port's previous games include Gigantic Army, Supercharged Robot, Volkaiser, and Cetazius. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, I guess let's just check that out. It uh, looks pretty hmm. good. Okay. Wolf Flame. so I'm going to close that. Uh, did you see this? This was a couple weeks ago. An escape room inspired by Zero Escape is coming to Los Angeles.
1: I will be going to that. I don't know oh. when yet, but I am supposed to be going to it. So. Uh,
0: I'll give credit where credit's due. This is also from Silicon Era from uh, 219. Uh, Real Zero Escape Trust on Trial is Scraps' first licensed escape room. People who participate will have 60 minutes to escape the room. The number of players able to participate and uh, event duration have yet to be announced. But the promotion materials quote says, divided and doubtful. Can your faith in each other overcome this test? It says the Real Zero Escape uh, Trust on Trial escape will be in the Weller Court in L.A., uh, their little Tokyo, Tokyo neighborhood. Tickets for the event go on sale oh, starting okay. February 29th. And the escape room will open on April 15th, 2016. The official website says cosplay will be allowed, but says participants should be dressed comfortably in clothing that easily lets them move and search. The escape room will open ahead of the Nintendo 3DS and PlayStation Vita Zero Time Dilemma, the third entry in the Zero Escape series.
1: So if I don't do any more podcasts, you know why. Because I have been killed in this, <laughs> no. in this escape room.
0: No. Um.
1: No, it's funny because, like, this is, like, we actually have a few of these escape rooms in L.A. now. And I keep meaning to go to one to try it out. So I'm very curious. So
0: this is literally set up like kind of the game where there's, con- like, you literally have to figure out puzzles and yeah. Like, like, I don't
1: know if you've ever seen, like, there's, um, I know there was a Japanese TV show, Darrow. Uh, was one of them but there's been some japanese tv shows where like you actually have like these rooms where you have to figure out like i mean in in the in the japanese show they actually will do things like they'll start flooding the room and you have to figure out how to get out of it in time before it completely floods or something like that um but yeah it's like you have a certain amount of time to figure out how you have to look around the room and find the clues and figure out what they mean and figure out the next step in order to unlock the room to get out really yes
0: Hmm, and that's not too far from uh, where you live.
1: I, uh, little Tokyo, is literally like fifteen minutes away. So,
0: oh wow! You'll have to give us a report on the next uh, generic video yeah. game podcast. Hopefully, episode fifteen. We'll see how that. Don't know,
1: I don't know when exactly I'll be going, but I'm I'm supposedly going.
0: You should actually try to record with me while you're in the room. Yes. <laughs> Uh, did you catch this uh, Attack on Titan arcade game? Will have you dual wield for its 3D maneuver gear. So, uh, Capcom revealed an Attack on Titan arcade game uh, at the ongoing Japan amusement expo. So, just a couple weeks ago, Game Watch showed some shots. Looks like there's an Attack on Titan cabinet coming. Uh, look kind of interesting. Yeah, we've got. Uh, Ace Attorney 6 uh, is headed out in Japan. It's going to have more areas to investigate in its detective parts. I'm a big fan of the Ace Attorney series. I love the uh, new look uh, with what they've been able to achieve with the 3D graphics.
1: It works really well. Like, like I mean, like, that's one of those games where like you were really worried about how well it translates, but they've done a great job of it.
0: Yeah. I will say this because I don't, I'm not as far into Dual Destinies as Neil is. He plays all these things before it puts him to sleep at night. He plays for hours on end uh, amidst getting onion force out the door. And he says that while he loves, you know, he loves dual destinies on 3ds and iPhone. He swears he first off, he says, Anthony, he goes, you'll you're never going to go through the game. Because he said it is so long and the case is so convoluted and he has no idea how it's going to wrap all back together that it's just off the charts insane. He was showing me a little bit of it further into the game but um, I do appreciate those titles. Uh, this wrapping back around to what we were discussing earlier this evening, we were talking about Sega and showing them some love with the uh, uh, the 3D Classics pack coming out. Did you happen to catch that Darius Burst Chronicle Saviors is getting DLC yes. based on Sega Classics? Yes. Uh, that was kind of uh, odd and interesting all at the same time. Uh, some of the DLC packs are based on Sega classics, uh, such as Space Harrier, Galaxy Force 2, and Fantasy Zone. Each one will include a ship from uh, each of those Sega games that were just mentioned. Five bucks a DLC pack. Uh, then they've got stuff coming for, uh, for that title related to Ray Force, Night Striker, and Metal Black. So I'm going to keep my eyes out for that. More money that I don't need to spend. <laughs> Uh speaking of NIS, you were talking about San Francisco doing that showing recently for NIS uh, America. Looks like they're localizing psychopaths mandatory happiness.
1: Yes, they are. So uh Another saw... great visual novel. And okay, they're also that's... um I don't know if you have this on your list. Is it uh wadi It's the um it looks a little bit like Firefly Diary in terms of, like, art style, but it's it's the girl who's walking around her Japanese neighborhood at night, and there's, like, Japanese demons and stuff.
0: I don't know if I've seen that.
1: Yes, that's another one they're bringing over, and I'm very, very excited for that.
0: And, you know, this just hit me. This didn't catch me uh, right away. It didn't click, but Psycho Pass, there's actually a limited showing of the animated movie in my town coming hmm. next week. I didn't realize. So this is based off – this is kind of related to the anime?
1: Yes, it it takes place, I believe, in the first half of the first season. Really? It's kind of like a side story. So, like, I I don't know. I guess the question I have is, like, how much knowledge do you need of Psychopaths, or do you need any? Right. You know, typically, like, what I've seen from visual novels is they're they're so deep that they don't – like, you know, they're already going to pile so much on you that they kind of tell you anything you need to know anyway. So –
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, I th- as a matter of fact, that's why I probably bookmarked that because I think I thought of you with the visual novel uh, aspect. That's probably why I did that. Yeah. I know you're into those. Uh, while it was very uh, unexciting, yet interesting all at the same time, did you see recently the uh, footage showing the SNES Super Disc boot software?
1: No, I did not see this.
0: Yeah, I'll, um, you can check that out. I got that on Nintendo Life. I'll give them a shout-out. Obviously, listeners will not be able to see what I'm doing. I'm just going to send this to Molly for her reference uh, down the road. I tweeted that out a couple days ago. <clears throat> so uh, right. check that out, a piece piece of gaming history. And then I uh, probably won't spend too much time on this. This is I don't know if I would consider this more rumor mill, but did you see the ramblings and rumblings of the Xbox One potentially either offering... Uh, Upgradable versions down the road or modified or tweaked versions, much like the PC market?
1: Yeah, and it's an interesting situation because, I mean, you know, on one hand, your natural instinct is to say it's a bad idea. Right. But on the other hand, if you look at like what Apple does with all their stuff. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Like we have like, I mean, like, I know they have numbers, but typically you don't, you don't, you have like iPhone, right? You go and buy an iPhone. Right. You know, you go and buy an iPad, like you buy an iMac, like you don't really think about what is this iMac? It's just this is the latest iMac and I want the latest iMac, you know. So can you can you do that with console? That's a good question. It's like can you – um, because it's funny because we were having an argument in our office today about consoles versus PC And like what the benefits of consoles are. Oh, God. I I used to get into this argument when I
0: used to work at the store all the time. I mean, you can guess I was on the console side, but boy, I I hate this conversation. Yeah, it's a
1: terrible argument. But like, does this not take away one of the pros in the console column? You know, is that I know I can go buy a PS4, an Xbox One, a Wii U, and have X amount of years of just playing it, and then. It's gonna be like a complete restart. Like I think we need to get away from the complete refresh. But I can you know?
0: run dual graphics cards and I can max up my frame rate at 120 frames, and I can do three monitors side by side and do 64 gigs of RAM.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Was it that? Did it break down to that? And I mean, that like, PC is like, like, always the best.
1: Yeah, today's wasn't necessarily that conversation, but we definitely <laughs> had that one before. But, like, okay, so let's say, um, let's say that Sony next releases PlayStation right and not not p s five but just PlayStation right right and we just have PlayStation from now on, right um you know the question is like, okay,, how do I know which PlayStation I need in order to play a game yep, and what PlayStation do developers target you know and Like I said, to be fair, we've seen this in the iPad and the iPhones of and like we know they can work, but those are still kind of some simpler projects. I I will admit, and that's getting
0: and, and because I've become such an Apple fan overnight, but I will admit if you don't follow them closely or really know what you're looking at, especially in the iPad market, they are making that confusing. Yeah iPad Air, iPad Air 2, there's a 3 in the works, iPad Pro, standard iPad, I, or iPad Mini. I mean, come on. I but like I said, like,
1: I mean, part of me is like, if, if Sony said in, let's say, 3 years, I was going to say 2 at first, but I'm not sure if 2 is too fast, but 3 years, like, okay, now we're going to release PlayStation and... All the games you have PlayStation 4 will work on PlayStation, but PlayStation games won't work on PS4, so you need to get this new hardware. Um, there's part of me that like would kind of like that, because I like the idea of, instead of having the reset every generation, that right. we now start pushing things towards, you know, like I said, again, to go back to it, the iPad or the iPhone kind of way of doing things, but... Right. I wonder if it doesn't make things too complicated in a way that phones aren't because phones like these smartphones have become such a piece of our lives that we're gonna get one no matter what, and we're more willing to upgrade those versus how willing are we to upgrade consoles at what you know time frame right so it's tough I, like i I don't know if it works because the current system makes it very easy to understand. Right. Unless you use a confusing name like Xbox One. I was just going to say, the only one (laughs) who's kind of
0: stumbled on that and excluding that terrible Wii name, but Xbox, Xbox, excuse me, arguably kind of stumbled on that because they went Xbox 360 and then one. I mean, come on. And I think if you remember at the time, part of the reason they didn't want to do Xbox Three is because didn't they feel it would be inferior sounding to PlayStation 4? Sure, but
1: they could have done like, you know, like Xbox 1080... They could have done, like, <laughs> Xbox... Like, I mean, yeah, Xbox Infinity, Xbox uh, Ultimate. Um, no, so that makes sense. But, yeah, I guess, like, it's...
0: This may be stupid, but what if they just started labeling them by year? Like, what if they did Xbox, like, 2014 or Xbox 2016? I mean, it's not the coolest-sounding thing, but it would kind of make things... Uh, put it a little bit... Uh, I guess
1: the question is, like, I mean, because I, I wonder... Like, I I was going to say that, like, games on you know, iOS or Android devices or whatever cost so much less that it's less risk to target just whatever the current hardware is. Right. But I don't know, like, what is the cost difference between doing a, a mobile game and, I mean, like, a real mobile game, not like a Angry Birds or whatever, but, you know, like a, a really complex, dedicated mobile game versus a console. And, you know, our console developers still under a point of benefiting from having these very hard set generations or would they benefit from hardware that does kind of upgrade over time instead of doing the resets
0: right i don't know and i got i got this news for you uh, as as i drop my water as we as we start to close out this uh the latest episode of generic video game podcast as we also close out the first quarter of 2016 where we want to thank our fans for being so patient in waiting for this latest episode. You know that we couldn't do another episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast without me talking about another Apple product. Uh-oh. So... So I was actually surprised recently. This wasn't done by myself. I was surprised by a friend with a little gift last week just because I'm an awesome person. It wasn't a birthday or anything. I'm mm. just a, I'm just such a happy person to be around and exciting. I was surprised with the new version of uh, the Apple TV. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I was already addicted to the other Apple TV. And now, wait, gonna...
1: okay. This is the one that plays games, right? Yes. Hmm. <laughs>
0: I have three games on there, of which I did not pay anything for. One of them I already owned, which tr- I believe must have transferred. Ooh. No, that's a lie. I-, I got three games on there. They were all free. So that part's not a lie. I was going to say one of them might have been crossed by, but I don't think that's the case because I think it was actually just free. So I did the Pac-Man 256 on there. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Cro- Crossy Road. Okay. A.K.A. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: seeing a pattern here, but okay.
0: <laughs> and... Angry Birds Go. Huh. Now, the only reason I downloaded Angry Birds Go, and it was free, because the visuals on it were actually... Now, I don't know if you even know what this is, but it's not traditional Angry Birds, and it is a rip-off modified version of Mario Kart.
1: Weird.
0: Visually, not bad. I I mean, we're talking here for apple t v here for free, not bad, I mean, look, I look at it this way. if you had kids or young kids in the house, and like you you, you wanted them to stay quiet on the couch and you know and you had an apple t v and you're like here sit down and be quiet uh, you know that it's gonna keep them busy, so I mean for not having to buy three or four hundred dollars hardware and I'm not trying to sing the praise of to go out there and ruin the industry and not buy Sony or Microsoft, but just as it is for the, uh, you can get the 32 gig Apple TV, the modernized one for 150 bucks. or you get the 64 gig for 200, but you figure 150 bucks, you got your TV needs and something like Angry Birds go for free. I mean, that's really tough to, that's tough to argue. You know what I mean? For casuals.
1: So uh, first, I want to give you homework. Um, I want you to check and see if Space Invaders Infinity Gene is available on the
0: Apple Store. I want to say I'm confident I've pretty much checked every game in that store. If I, would have, if I would have seen that, I would have downloaded that. So it, maybe it's okay. coming, but not yet.
1: So I want to give you an example of something. So um, I searched for Angry Birds Go in the Apple Store. And I want to read you just a few names of other products I get when searching for that. <laughs> Uh, so I get uh super bird adventure dash run and jump free game for kids uh, by, by publisher hair. Uh, I get, <clears throat> I have to go down a little bit. Cause we get a few like legitimate games here. Uh, bird slingshot, angry flying birds, shooting pop. That's one of my favorites. I get uh super happy birds, pop the flappy adventures, world free. Um, I get Fish Hero of Endless Flying Adventure. Uh, Cool Cool Fly Birds Go Flappy Game Fun Free for something, probably kids. What? Uh, I get, oh, this is exciting. Fatty Bird Dash Flappy Hard, parentheses, the birds not go angry, parentheses.
0: Do you ever wonder how that stuff even gets on the store?
1: Uh no, I know how to get in the store. There's no question. Uh Happy Birds Escape Geometry Pipe Colon jump up. I can't read because the name's so long. Um uh, Pixel Birds Escape Geometry Pipe Colon. Jump Up Free Flappy. Uh this looks f- possibly fake. Angry Pet Space Sonic Wars colon, Rescue of the Star World.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Uh Flappy Run. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, Flappy Run, impossibly, not Impossible Tiny Jump-E Bird Adventure Racing. This one had a chocobo in it instead of the Flappy Bird's bird. Uh, we have Flapper Birds, the Impossible Flappy Adventure. Uh, Angry Pet Space Sonic Wars, colon Rescue of the Stars. <laughs> Flappy Killer Game for Free Games. Just in case you didn't know of the game, they have the name twice. Geometry birds, little wings don't hit the white spikes. This is all in the name. They're telling you like the entire how to play the game. In- 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 what was games. that
0: segment you used to do on Warning where you listed off the craziest names?
1: I uh, know that was actually. Uh, oh yes, yes, the the craziest Japanese names. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like this is uh this is a perfect example of why I kind of hate the App Store because yeah, just, there's there's zero uh filter on what gets to get put up
0: but there still has to be some sort of a little bit of a process to get your stuff up there correct or there, there i don't
1: think there is i think there i think there is you know what i think it is yeah. i think it's like youtube in the way that you can put anything up you want but um it's more like people have to prove that your game shouldn't be in there then you have to prove your game. really
0: i see really i
1: think and i mean like that's that's like I mean if we if we're being like old people and saying like what's ruining games? I think you know when you think about how many games are out there now and how many options we have just the fact that that I can go through and list these countless examples of complete rip-off games of other genres like of Flappy Birds, of Angry Birds, of whatever um and that those can just fill up the app store like at what point is there so much garbage that you yeah, can't Yeah, I'd want all find? that trash out of there. Yeah.
0: Let, let me ask you this, and I think we're repeating ourselves. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say something here, and then I've got a few last bullet points, but I'm just going to blaze through them, and then we'll wrap up uh, episode 14. I want to thank listeners for hanging in there. We are now at the two-and-a-half-hour mark. And um, don't forget, uh, you can check myself out on Twitter, at 24BitAJE, the number two, the number four. Check out Molly. On Twitter at Molly Penn. That's M O L L I P E N. There's also, also
1: a- by the way also by the way also my fighter ID on Street Fighter Five. If you want to follow me.
0: Oh, same thing.
1: Yep, exact same thing.
0: So here comes a new challenger, Molly Pen. You can find that on uh, what, PlayStation Four.
1: Uh no, it's either one. Like just as is because on Street Fighter Five, you actually have separate fighter IDs. Oh, okay. So you have your whatever your Steam or your PSN name is, but the Fighter ID is the same across both. So either one, search for Fighter ID Molly Penn, and you'll find me.
0: You can also find, uh, if you haven't had enough of Molly yet, check out her work feed. That's Suddenly Molly. Uh, This time, Molly is spelled out in full, and it's just like it sounds. That's S-U-D-D-E-N-L-Y-M-O-L-L-I-E. Also, for, Dolphin- for
1: any for anybody who is like uh I think zero point zero of our listeners will know this, but it's a suddenly <laughs> tammy reference, if anybody knows Suddenly Tammy. So uh
0: sadly I don't. Uh, still haven't had enough of Molly. Uh check out the official EGM Twitter feed, EGM Now, E G M N O W. Check out the uh the main feed of morning radio. On Twitter, which is also a sore spot for Molly, here it goes. That's at Morn Radio. That's M O R N R A D I O. Yep. Also, don't forget to check out Molly's recently uh, created YouTube channel. And the best mm-hmm. way I can describe this is go to YouTube.com and search for Molly Patterson. Uh, because URL wise, there wasn't like a short URL, so I, I is there
1: not. Like isn't that just Molly Pen? I I I got Let's a see. whole
0: bunch of gibberish and numbers and stuff, so maybe I did it wrong. But uh, so once again, find this on Twitter: twenty four bit A J E Molly Pen without the E. Suddenly Molly E G M now Mourn Radio. Check her out on YouTube. And uh, one last plug for uh, Onion Forest. Don't forget to check that out. Go to BowerGraphics.com, com. Support Double Plus Good Games. And uh, back so back on the. Uh, smartphone games Apple destroying the industry garbage in the store and all that this is what I don't get and I I know we brought this up in the past this is what I don't understand so I try to look at it like I try to give an excuse like I see kids like whether it be in Best Buy or some of the electronic stores or even at the uh uh, phone places because the tablets have games and all that kind of stuff this is what I don't get (coughs) even when I was a kid When I played a game that played like had terrible gameplay, even though I didn't know a fraction of what I know about games now, I mean, you know when something plays like garbage, right? But is it just me, or do you not see a lot of younger individuals playing those titles and they seem to be having a blast? And like, what I don't get is, um, like, do you like do they not understand? That it's it sh- that it shouldn't be that satisfying. Like, well, I'm not to be,
1: try- to, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Because if you think back, like I think back to a lot of the NES games I loved. Like I, I there was a game called Top Secret, which was the American version of Guggle Thirteen. Um, and if I went back to the game now, the controls are horrendous, like utterly just terrible. So at at what point do do we accept and get past like crappy controls when we're young because mm. we're just having fun playing a game?
0: By the way, I didn't expect you to bring that game up. What was it called here?
1: Top Secret episode. <laughs>
0: only reason Wasn't I'm it? the only I, look I don't I'm not the expert on that, but there, this is very out of left field. Uh, I was watching Pat the NES Punk on YouTube the other day, and I don't know how. Just don't ask. I watch everything on YouTube. And I think
1: his favorite game was Go Go 13 on NES. Well, cause there's two because um, the first one was – so it's it's weird because if you look at the box art, it, it's like top secret episode is really gigantic. And the bottom, it says Go, Go 13. But then like Wikipedia says Go, Go 13 colon top secret episode. Uh, but then the second game was the Mafat conspiracy I think. And I'm trying to remember if that actually had Goggle 13 in the name or not. I don't think it did. No, it did not.
0: So, well, yeah. the, hmm. Did you enjoy the game?
1: I loved the game. I absolutely loved it. Because it was one of those things where, you know, and this might be partially answering your question, but um, the reason I loved Goggle 13 was because it offered. This experience that was so different from all the rest of the games right. that I was playing, uh, you know. So the question, like, like part of it is like, okay, our kids are just dumb these days, you know? Like, are we giving them garbage? Because I think at some level, like, kids are going to play whatever we give them, right? And y- yeah, the answer now, and this is something I drives me crazy, and it's easy for me to say because I don't have kids yet. Uh, but like, I hate the culture we're in now where we just give kids like iPhones and iPads (laughs) and this, because like when I was young, this is, I know old lady rant, but when I was young, (laughs) like I would just like daydream when I was bored, you know, like I would like use my imagination to think of things. And like, I feel like now the answer to every situation is just put an iPad in their hands. That is true. And that's really bothering me. Um, But you know, so the question like, are they are kids enjoying these games just because it's what they put we're putting in their hands, or is it because legitimately we had the same situations with games with really crappy controls and stuff? It's just that we were so excited to play games that we would play anything we had. I
0: got to tell you, it's worse. I- I'm just gonna say it. It's worse now. I don't care if I sound like an old fogey or my time was better, but I mean, it's i you know. I don't know. I don't know how you can't feel the difference between playing something like that and then you play something like as precise as like Mario Brothers. But you know, and obviously those kids may not have experienced it. But I'm just trying to come up with something. It's, I see that, and I'm like, man, I'm like, how do you, don't you understand that that's playing like garbage right now? No, I mean
1: just like like, uh, I I want to weep when I think of this generation of children that are growing up. Thinking touchscreens are like well, they're the most high tech control, you know. And
0: they're such an entitled generation.
1: Well, yeah, that too. But,
0: <laughs> but um, let me wrap it. I'm just going to rapid fire these down. One thing I wanted to say real quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this episode, but, uh, but maybe I. You know, it's been so long. I I don't know if we talked about it last time. But Oculus Rift was going to be five ninety nine. This is old news. But PlayStation VR pricing still not out yet. Uh what do you think? Do you think Sony's just holding on to holding off on the price because they but know Vive, it's new? Gonna...
1: Vive is what 800?
0: Oh yeah, it's disgusting.
1: Um I I,
0: I think I'm going to say Sony's going to put that thing out at 4 or 5. But so that's that answer, but I think in terms of the consumer level and the and with the momentum they've got and what people may be expecting, the casuals I can't see them charging any more than two ninety nine.
1: I'm gonna say three ninety nine. Yeah, I think three I that's... think
0: I think three ninety nine is the point it comes in at. Honestly, four hundred bucks. Unless yeah. that thing is performing some very inappropriate things I can't say on this podcast. Oh that's gonna be uh that's going to be a tough sell. Well, you know, I was, was
1: going to say because you know we started this podcast talking <laughs> about boobs, <laughs> so I was going to end it talking about boobs in no. Dead, Dead Live Extreme Three, and I believe there is a virtual reality mode oh, for PSVR, right? It. Someone
0: sent me a link to that today. Yep. Yeah.
1: So are are you uh, excited for that game at all?
0: Um, I'm I'm getting a copy. Here comes another plug from um, ah. old friends of mine from Play Asia, PlayAsia dot com, getting a copy. Standard copy. Um, I, you know what? I, all jokes aside, all jokes people make at home about me being a Dead or Alive fan, and you know, it's and I'll, it's all fun and good. I don't get excited about a lot anymore. I mean, it takes something very special to to really get me excited. Uh, video game wise, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll mess around with it. I'll probably have a couple laughs. But, um, if I'm being honest, I think, I mean, if you, if you really think about it, with the exception of the, the ridiculous boob thing you were just explaining that they added in there, when you look at the casino stuff, the games and stuff they're playing on the beach, um, uh, all those kind of aspects that they keep trickling out, I mean, if you think about it, all that stuff was in the Xbox version. Yeah. I mean there's really nothing I mean we're talking about a visual upgrade a difference in terms of you know the the polygon count's going to be much higher they're going to be doing a lot more animation wise maybe it's going to be smoother all of those things are going to be updated but like so far if you really think about everything that they've shown they really haven't shown anything that different from what was done in the previous version.
1: So like Anthony, not- I, I did not get tan lines in the previous version, thank oh, you very much. God. So I think you are greatly uh, <laughs> underappreciating the technology advancements I, that have happened in this game. Yeah. You know yeah. what I like I I weirdly loved not weirdly, but like I loved DOA X2. But it's this is gonna sound bizarre, but I have the same problem with Dead or Alive Extreme that I have with Animal Crossing. Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, the the boobs are just too big. No, um, uh, there's not enough depth to everything that's offered. Like it offers a lot of little, like a lot of things, but none of it is more than just kind of shallow. Uh,
0: I'm going to shock people, but Animal Crossing's better. Mm. Uh, let me tell you this. Sure, just, probably, probably. Let yeah. me tell you this. I played Dead or Live Extreme Beach 2 a lot as well, and I'm not making a joke. Do you know why I played DOAX 2 a ton? Why? Because of the custom soundtrack. So I'd sit there, and it would be like zone uh. out. So that's exactly why I played a ton of DOAX 2. But the thing that always bothered me, and I know we're beating a dead horse. I know we've said this a million times on the show. The biggest problem with Dead or Alive Extreme Beach volleyball at its core is the rules of volleyball weren't even correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then like I like that said, that's an example I think of just the overall problem this is, is that everything is just like, you know, skin deep in that game, mm. and there's not real depth to anything, and right. it's, you know, so many people want to write off that series, but I would love it if they actually put more depth in stuff. Right?
0: right? If they, yeah, get a little bit creative, you know what yeah. I mean? Do some different, yeah. I agree, and you know what with how long it's been it's been years over half a decade at least i mean come on you you're sitting around in the office developing this stuff. you can't come up with a couple a couple new ideas well i
1: think that's I think that's literally one of the examples of where um they are selling that game on oh look you know her 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 bikini strap fell off right, and you can see her tan line which right. that's that's great, but like I want. I want more depth to the fun of right. those nonsense, silly situations they're presenting in the game.
0: Right. Uh, old news, but uh, we'll throw it out there real quick. Uh, I'm assuming you're very excited. You picked up uh, Life is Strained Limited Edition.
1: I, I did.
0: Did you open at least one of your copies?
1: I, I did check. open the Limited Edition. Um, I have not yet, however... Uh, checked out the director's commentary stuff mm. so I need to do that D-
0: did you pick up a physical copy of Resident Evil Origins collection
1: I do have one yes
0: okay um, any thoughts just excited to have it in your collection
1: I'm excited for because we didn't mention this I'm excited for they announced um, oh. Resident Evil 4 5 and 6 yeah, on s- Xbox one and PS4 yep and I know it's a very divisive game, but I loved Resident Evil 6. Yeah. I'm very happy it's coming. I, I wish at this point, um, I really, really want Revelations, the first one, to come for PS4. Oh, yeah.
0: Because yeah. I
1: especially love that game, but like I, I'm excited to go back and play Resident Evil 6 on the PS4 version.
0: E Oh, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: But I have never played 5. So maybe this is I
0: actually I beat 4, I beat 5. Uh I've only dabbled in 6 and not cuz I was a hater, I just that that was my own fault. But uh I did 4 and 5. Um 5 was uh 5 was interesting because I I went and played the demo and then really hating on it and and I was in such a different mindset at the time. I'm very embarrassed as to what I was comparing it to and then And it's funny because then I wound up actually completing the game. It's not that I did a 180 on my feelings, but it's been said 87,000 times before. But, you know, coming off Resident Evil 4 and then at the same time how much the industry had changed since that point. I mean, RE4 was so tough to – I mean, that game will always go down as a 10. That is a 10 in my book, one of my 10s. Right. But that's the problem with it as well is that it was so damn good and to follow that up was –
1: well, I think part of the problem, I mean, let's be fair. Like, if you look at, like, Resident Evil, right? Like, Resident Evil 1 through th- – you had 1, 2, and 3, and then Code Veronica. Like, those were all very, very similar games. And right. when we got to Code Veronica, it's like, okay, the future of Resident Evil is the exact same gameplay. It's just now we have, you know, polygon-created backgrounds that right. they can actually move, right. move and change camera angle and stuff. And then you get to Resident Evil 4, and the entire idea changes. And, you know, we're, we're given this refreshed Resident Evil that is – is so new and different and exciting. And I think the problem is is that Resident Evil Five then felt like another big jump. And I think they took too many big jumps in, in, in quick succession. You know right. is is like if they had built off of four more and then said, okay, we're gonna do like a five kind of thing with the secondary character and stuff like that, that's one thing. But I think the problem was they had just convinced us to love four, and then five kind of came along and tried to be almost like a second fresh start. Is what it seemed like to me. That's why I—that's where I think part of the problem was—is that it was—it was—it was too much progress too soon.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I I'm gonna feel like such a sucker if I wind up buying that. Those. Uh... Three releases again, but I'm sure it's gonna happen at some point. They're three separate releases, correct? At first, I thought it was in a collection, but uh,
1: I do believe cause it, I, I, I swear I saw today the fact that like Resident Evil Six has its own like box. Yeah, that's what American I thought version, too.
0: So. Yeah. Um, another lesser-known game that I picked up uh, a couple months ago, and I've only scratched. Well, I did a couple hours on it. Uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1: The Shadow of New Despair. Uh-huh from XSEED Games. I have to give a shout-out to Classic Game Room because that's what kind of convinced me to uh, pick that up. Speaking of Classic Game Room, really quick, uh, I actually supported the Patreon for that, uh, which started about two months ago. Hmm. And uh, it's keeping that show alive. He's doing great right now. There's, I think that show's bringing over ten grand in a month now uh, from, from nothing. The show's been around for like seven, eight years, and it was all done for free, and the fans send in titles for i'm forgetting the gentleman's name right now it's mark hosted by mark i don't know his last name but uh does a great job and it gives me something to watch to unwind uh, on a daily basis Uh, i contribute about 10 bucks a month and um anyway the earth defense force 4.1 he was over the moon about gave it his 2015 game of the year so i got it on a deal online and dabbled in that kind of like it it's to the point just blowing everything up it's a revamped version of the one that was on PS3 a couple of years ago, but it doesn't suffer from the same frame rate issues and slowdown. That's something to check out for old-school people that are just looking for mindless action, mission-by-mission uh, mission basis, tons of weapons and upgrades and all that kind of stuff.
1: You know, if if we're giving like quick plugs um, yep. to, to friends, uh, yep. have you ever checked out Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that that's. Nice and I think my, I have.
0: I think I have plugged that in the past, but yeah, do another one for
1: yes. Heidi. Yes, yes. I from my Heidi camps, uh, long time old school f- uh, friend of mine. And if if you were a fan at all of or are, I don't say were just yet, but if you're a fan of Warning Huge podcast, if you're a fan of some stuff that Anthony and I talk about, like if you really like that Japanese gaming stuff, but but the you know more in depth the the. The not just same thing over and over like um she has done some really cool stuff on her on her site in terms of of long-form content in terms of interviews and things like that like um you know i think of of like hardcore gaming you know uh tiny cartridge like some of these other sites, you know, Madman's Cafe, like some of these other sites that have done content on Japanese gaming that you just will not ever find anywhere else. Um she's done a good selection of that kind of stuff as well. So
0: no, yeah, she's really turned it up recently. I mean, I know I, I haven't gotten to take a look at it as much as I would like to due to time, but I know she's always given insight and done reviews for numerous publications, kind of a gun for hire over the years. But in recent memory, in recent months, not only has she been giving her own insight and wisdom, but like you just said, uh, she's also been doing a, a lot of unique interviews and one-of-a-kind content. Uh, that's at gaming.moe, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: so check that out.
1: So there's like there's like I mean there's cuz you know like when we were doing warning the one of the things that I would always see in terms of feedback was you know these these guys are talking about stuff that we don't hear anywhere else you know or we don't get the level of depth that we that we you know get from from warning and um there are some like great sites and we should like you Neil know, next time maybe shout out to sort of a few other ones too but there are some sites out there that if you care about Japanese gaming, that there that content does exist, you have to just find it and find out where it's at.
0: Right. Yeah, so I mean she's she's in the trenches trenches and getting it done fighting the good fight, you know what I mean? There's there's not a whole lot of people left like her. So
1: And she's a big virtual fighter fan, which unfortunately is not a good thing these days because Oh and that poor that poor game.
0: And fighting vipers.
1: Fighting Vipers, yeah.
0: Yeah, big Fighting Vipers fan. But
1: that uh, was uh no, no, Fighter like Fighters Mega Mix is still I think to the same one of the weirdest game fighting games <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know where I'm headed with this, that's everyone says it, but they Daytona a car. Not only that, though, like I mean that's the easy one to go to, but then you think about the fact that like you had the the virtual fighter kids. Fighters yeah. in that game? Yep. So you could have like regular Sarah versus like kids Sarah and Right. There was just so much weirdness in that in that fighting game.
0: Hey, hey, bring it, wrapping this all the way back around to towards the start of the show. What's the deal with that retro chameleon? That is the just fact, a, the
1: fact it doesn't exist.
0: Wow, that just yeah. We won't spend a lot of time on that. I'm sure a lot of I people. I mean, there,
1: there there's like the problem is there's so much to get into on that. Yeah, and if if it's... you are interested at all, um, I think one of the best places to go is AtariAge.com mm. and go to their forums because they've been like the some of the folks who have been really been breaking the story. And so you know, like I mean, this is the, the two cent version, but. Um, the, the company behind Retro Magazine, like not Retro Gamer from the UK, uh, Retro Magazine from the US, they decided they wanted to make their own video game system. So they were going to do the – what, Retro VGS is what it was going to be called originally? I, be- I believe so. Yes, and they bought like the rights to the – or they bought – they actually bought the mold for the Jaguar So the system was going to look like a Jaguar but have a new controller and it was going to play – only play games off of cartridges and there's gonna be no updates and no patches and you're gonna be able to play like, classic gaming and new gaming and they tried to do a kickstarter and it didn't work and they tried to do indiegogo and i think it didn't work and they finally decided to relaunch the project as the coleco chameleon getting uh coleco branding from the company that now owns the rights to the coleco name they recently, uh, that, so that for a while, they had a problem where like they just had no prototype to show anybody, so people were thinking it didn't actually exist. They went to Toy Fair recently and had a prototype there. The only problem is the prototype was literally they had taken uh, the internals of a Super Nintendo Jr. out of the original shell, stuffed it into the Jaguar mold, and was running that to show off as their prototype. So then re- like about a week and a half ago or so, they're like, "Okay, you know, they they had promised a Kickstarter like shortly after Tokyo uh, or am not sorry, uh Toy Fair. That didn't happen. They're like, "We're working hard, but we wanted to show you guys proof the fact the system does exist. They showed transparent molds for the console so you could actually see inside to see the the actual circuit board and things to know that the console was real. Right. The only problem was, uh, very quickly, it was determined that the circuit board or the uh, you know the, whatever the board was inside was actually a hundred percent like an old capture card for PCs, like literally the thing they're showing as their prototype system was just a capture card stuck into a a jaguar shell
0: yeah and i said this online not to sound redundant but it's like what i don't get is like with the advent of the internet and all these i mean look you can find anything in a click and especially with i don't know a better term with the nerds online and the hardcore fan base like how long did you think it was going to take before someone figured that out? Like, did right. you really think you're going to get away with that? Or did they maybe they just were at the point and they just didn't get they didn't care? But I like I don't even get that. Like,
1: I think I mean, like, and it's I don't want to say much because it's, it's a situation where we don't know this, the the right. facts behind right. it. But I would say that, um, let me say it this way in in other situations I've been in where. You're trying to do something and it's not – uh you don't have the actual product to show people, but you're trying to get funding. You're trying to like get support. Right. And you're in a position where you don't – just can't make a real thing is you have to then come up with bigger and bigger lies.
0: Kind of desperate mode, <coughs> yeah, mode. Yeah, in
1: order to make people – hopefully have people still be confident in your project enough to at some point give you the money so that you can actually get things realized and – you know, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever you think of this thing is that um, after what has it been like over a year or so and that we still have uh, z- have seen zero actual working prototypes for the system, like right. you have to imagine that this is not going to exist.
0: Right. What a mess. What a mess.
1: And now, what? of course, ClickUp uh, has come out and said like this week um, that – they're giving the retro guys like 10 days or something to produce a, a an actual working prototype. Otherwise they might pull the, their, their support of the system. So
0: and that's retro magazine, the United States, not, not to be yes. confused with. Yeah. Yes. So retro right of the United States. I think the recent issue, I just got a copy. It was with um, Rob Duenas cover art of uh, Leia from star Wars. Actually a really cool cover. And they I know, know.
1: that um, one of the writers just, like, publicly quit. So, Oh, really? Yes. It's funny because um, he followed me on Twitter. I think his name is Patrick Scott Patterson. So okay. I, I think not only does he have the same last name as I do, but his initials are PSP, which always made me laugh.
0: <laughs> Did he get into any details or was it dramatic or was it just, like,
1: you know, he a didn't, part of you know, it? I think he was trying to, like, not get into too much stuff. Mm. Um but he I think it he the way he wrote his his announcement was it seemed like he wanted to distance himself from the company because he was bothered by um things that were going on at the company
0: I wonder if it could be game fan level type drama
1: <laughs> I, like I feel like at this point it's it's going to be and I
0: Oh, you do? I was making. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was gonna. I, I was gonna know. try and make a joke and say I don't know if anything could ever be. Game well, Fan no, okay, like. no,
1: not not quite. Probably not quite <laughs> Game Fan <laughs> level, because that's that's to this day, you know, an epic <laughs> tale that might not ever be repeated.
0: Oh, uh, you know. I'm still waiting for the new issue of uh, Game Fan.
1: I I am. Um, <laughs> let's check Game Fan.
0: I was on there today. 9. Don't go. Is it, don't go it's it's, it's
1: dead don't, wait don't, no i, no. I, right, I
0: right, right, right. don't Game. go There's still promoting issue 10 from last march it's down to 299 okay yeah. and that's physical copy and di- not just digital oh is it really yeah i'm
1: gonna have to get it then and wow, i'm not it talking is, it i'm is. not talking
0: about the destructoid issue
1: oh that, okay okay
0: that destructoid issue is gone in the history books
1: so i can't but. get that physically anymore i don't think so wait no it says print edition
0: yeah, but that's the one with on the cover, right?
1: Is that not the Destructoid one?
0: No. The the Destructoid one came after that. They pulled that off. It's not on the oh, site now.
1: Oh. What was the cover for the Destructoid issue? It was Zero
0: Horizon, Zero Dawn, PS4, and then the, uh, that was the game fan side, and the other side had Bloodstained.
1: Okay, Ritual- yes. Yeah. So Zero okay, Horizon, Zero Dawn, okay. Yep. Is there, is there a way for me to see game fan covers for the new era?
0: I have them all in my closet.
1: I'm I'm wondering, like, are they are they all female characters for the most part?
0: Uh,
1: I mean, I know there's like like one or two. Yeah,
0: you know, a lot or of or them were. Now that it. I think about it, it had the girl from Blood Rain. On, you remember they did the 2D version?
1: Yes, because there was that. that. There was a uh, Blade Kitten.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that fantastic product, Blade Kitten. No, I guess I'm sorry. There was a uh, Death So that was. Oh not, yeah, yeah. But that that that's that's an obvious exception oh they did a,
0: I think they did a little Big Planet 2 cover didn't they
1: they might have okay
0: yeah and they did uh, that's right.
1: yeah. I wonder if they had to like burn all the Horizon issues or something
0: yeah I don't know you know Destructed Destructed I don't think said anything about that after that whole fallout I guess they kind of kept their heads held uh, high but yeah hmm Well, I want to thank you for taking the time this evening. I want to thank the listeners yet again for hanging in there, supporting morning radio, generic video game podcast, the nichiest podcast, uh, everything else that we do, DLC packs, supporting Molly at egmnow.com, hitting us up on Twitter. It is all very appreciated. And uh, for myself, as we start to sign out this evening on GVGP14, 14 I uh, hope everyone has been having a great 2016 so far, and we hope to catch you sooner than later. And uh, you have any parting words here at the uh, conclusion of episode 14, Molly?
1: Um, I have some really important and um, uh things that'll make you think that I'm going to say in order to make this get to three hour mark, since we're like a minute away. Um, so i 'm sure this is me saying something very uh spiritual not and, and
0: nonsensical and e three
1: okay wait wait real quick e three is e three dying yes or no uh
0: i the only thing I saw activision's not going to have a booth
1: but now also uh war gaming and Disney Interactive, I think, are both pulled
0: out. Uh, A piece of me is sad because of the memories. used to love E3 off the top of my head without doing any research. Everything comes down to the almighty dollar. So off the top of my head, it's like why, you know, one way it's like it's sad because people love this and want to go to the show even though there's 60,000 people. At the same time, even though these companies have money, why should they spend the money for the space when they can do it online or do something like a Nintendo Direct for pennies Uh, on the dollar versus what they're paying so business-wise it makes a lot of sense at the same time though um it's you know it's a piece of history but it's shit's too expensive
1: there there you go that's that's the that's the answer
0: (laughs) all right and with that have a great night everyone and we'll catch you next time